following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener. Man's best friend, Men in Black, Flight of the Navigator, Forbidden Planet, Police Academy, Mannequin, My Cousin Vinny, The Relic, Babe, The Great Muppet Caper, The Number 23, The Breakfast Club, War Games, Tropic Thunder, Better Call Saul, Frankenstein, Pinocchio, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, A Clockwork Orange, and the Hound of the Baskervilles. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or a war machine that gets struck by lightning and becomes sentient. Uh, my, my name is Luigi. Uh, I'm your host, Luigi. And with me, as always, is my co-host, uh, returning co-host J- Jason Carubia and Rochelle Woodson coming back for the second time. Um, welcome back to the show, Jason and Rochelle. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being on. And why don't you tell the listeners what uh, movies, multiple, that we're going to be talking about today? Oh, sure. I'll take this. Um, we are going to be watching Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2. That's right. Short Circuit, directed by John Badham and Short Circuit 2, um, which came out two years later. So Short Circuit came out in 1986 uh, and was directed by John Badham. Short Circuit 2, two years later, 1988, um, directed by Kenneth Johnson. Uh, Some of the stars in some of the movies, uh, uh, we got the Goot, Steve Gutenberg, who's only in the first one. Um, Ali Sheedy also only kind of in the first one. Her voice is technically in the second movie. True. Um, Fisher Stevens, who comes back for both of them. Uh, Michael McKean. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to start doing this anytime that there is a practical robot in the movie. Johnny Five. Johnny Five, number five, Saint number five is an actor in this movie, I would who? say. Just like Robbie the Robot from all those movies in the 1950s. Who does the voice of Saint number five? He um it is yeah, what's no, up just actually looking at that and it's uh a gentleman who tim does the yeah tim blaney correct yeah and he also does he also does um other puppeteer work and he's does frank the pug in uh the ben and black movies as well frank the pug yeah um and he's kindly channel kindly channeling a little bit of Wee herman and uh a little bit of the three stooges to be fair most robotic entities in the 80s that became sentient or became more human did at, at least some peewee heart at least mm. one other that we've done a podcast about <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's right yeah flight of the navigator i remember when we were watching flight of the navigator when we were talking about it, i was like oh yeah this this voice actor is doing a really fun uh peewee herman impression and turns out it was Pee Herman. <laughs> that blew my mind when I found that out, like, yeah. years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, Tim Blaney is is working hard in both of these movies. Uh, I I remember these movies very fondly from, being a, from when I was a kid. Um, so I was, I think, three or four when the first one came out. And... Uh, I, I I I just remember my family had it on VHS, had both these movies on VHS. And um they're definitely movies that blurred together for me because I would just watch one or both of them back to back all the time. I would quote them constantly. I love I remember I loved Johnny Five as a character when I was a kid. 
Um, this is the first time in my adult life that I've watched it. And I wonder, like, do you guys have a different view on this as adults than you did it as kids? Or did it kind of hold up the same? Um, Johnny Five um, held up um, very much so from my view of him as a child as well. I was enamored with him and felt he was very much a character and, you know, had a lot of life in him and was actually really clever. Um, Some other parts of the movies did not hold up the way I remember them, (laughs) meaning there's just certain, you know, certain choices um, for actors and certain lines and things Uh like that, that um, as an adult, I'm like, Ooh, ah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, yeah there's a, I'm there's, sure we'll talk a little one more. One actor yeah, in particular. Yeah, there's a certain <laughs> plot points as well that don't really hold up. As a kid, you kind of forgive them. Yeah, but yeah. as as a grown adult, mm-hmm. you kind of expect a little bit more. Um, this is our second movie that we're watching with Fisher Stevens. The first one you and I did years ago now, uh, My Science mm-hmm. Project. Again, Fisher Stevens, again, doing another character, bold choice. Um, and... How do we want to talk about this? How how do we want to approach this? It, it's yeah, it's something. It's uh, it's the elephant in the room. We got to address it. Um, so we might as well get it out of the way right at the right, right at the so top. We'll just say uh, it. Yeah, Fisher <laughs> Stevens is doing brown okay, face in this movie, yeah. um, and it's 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 uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to watch. Uh, it's especially because I remember this movie so fondly from when I was a kid and like loved. I loved Johnny Five, but I also loved Ben as a character. Um, he's silly. He's I I can say I think I can say without like you know being a terrible person that it's it's a funny performance. Yeah, I think he does a good job, um, and I don't I I know this doesn't make it right, but I don't feel like he's trying to be disrespectful in any way. Yeah, um, and I, honestly, as a little kid, I had no idea. I didn't find out until years later that he wasn't. You know, from yeah. that part of the world, it wasn't <laughs> like the Southwest mm-hmm. Asian, like Indian, really uh, Pakistani. No idea. Later. So, yeah. yeah, we we no idea. Yeah. And and he's he's very affable and endearing as an actor too. You know, he's very honest and earnest, and he really tries hard. And it's not to the mm-hmm. point where I don't know where he's like being obtrusive but if you go back and look at it as an adult a lot of the lines are the butt of the joke is the fact that he has that language barrier and uh Mm -hmm. it's his broken english and the the reversal of idioms and it's kind of yeah it's it's really really low brow humor that is lost its value and taste in in modern culture and time it's 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 so it's if we could turn back the clock and maybe change it a little bit um, you know, it, it would probably work a little better. Um, and to be honest, like, and this is like most of America, I think just doesn't have good representative exposure of, of, uh, Indian Pakistani or Southeast Asian, uh, cultures, Southwest Asian, mm-hmm. they just don't have good representation in, in Hollywood. And it's, a uh, it's something that's new in the past 10 years that finally, you know, finally we're, we're getting good representation. Yeah. His, his performance is definitely, it's a problem. It's problematic. Um, I, I agree with you, Rochelle, that it's, it's, it, it doesn't seem, I mean, it's misguided yeah. for sure, but it doesn't seem, um, mean spirited, uh, or mocking yeah. or yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it is, mo- it, is a, it comes it is off as mocking, but, I mean, again, but it doesn't, it, the lines it that do- are written. 
And, you know, I mean, it is just kind of, it's not just him, obviously. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, the writing is the worst of it because I was thinking when you, like, when you said, you know, we could do this differently, if, if, even if you cast a authentically Southeast Asian person, um in this role it's still bad because of yeah. the writing and like how it tr- how the movie treats the character that, i mean yes it's definitely way better than having someone do brown face but then you still have those lines <laughs> and those you know those caricature you know tropes and things like that they're still there mm-hmm. yeah it's it's unfortunate because otherwise this movie is really delightful uh both of these movies are and they they're just kind of fun they have a, a very strange tone, I think, to them. Um, so, like I, you know, I've said a couple times, I haven't watched these since I was a kid. But um, some of the humor, it's like, you know, Johnny Five appeals to kids for sure. Uh, he's new to the world. He's learning about everything. He loves TV. Um, he loves to read, and that's you know how he learns about everything. Um, and so, you know, you identify with him very easily. Uh, but uh, but some of the some of the other humor in the movie that's that's targeted towards adults, it's not that thing. It's not that trick that Pixar and DreamWorks and you know a Disney pulls off, where it's like, oh yeah, there's some humor that everybody can enjoy, yeah. and there's some sly winks and nudges to the yeah. to the parents in the room. These aren't sly winks and nudges. These are like <laughs> crass and like yeah. Right that's on true. the nose. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. we have two of the actors from the Police Academy movies. You have a certain oh. crowd that's coming to the film to see <laughs> that's it. True. So, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy who yep, plays Schroeder um, doing what he does best, always playing a freaking. Yeah, he was in Police Academy as the sergeant. And he was a man, his security guard in mannequin. In mannequin as well. Yeah, plays, always plays the same dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> He's so good at it, though. <laughs> Gooting it up. <laughs> Goot. Um, yeah, man, the goot, the goot's the goot's really charming in this. Uh, I don't quite buy him as this character though. Newton Crosby. I, 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 I did. I, I more have trouble imagining as he was like considered like the sexiest man alive, I think, at one point in the 80s. And that I find that hard to believe. Like he's affable, you know, but I found hard to believe the character is pretty much supposed to be like a, a nerd in the classic sense without having any relationship with women and not knowing how to approach women. That is true. In the first movie. It, it it's the yeah it's the i don't know how to schmooze i can't work a room i don't know how to talk to people steve gutenberg's like the most affable yeah. dude ever so th- i mean th- those are his strengths that's his charm yeah, that shines um through. so for him to be like oh i you know i can't sh- i can't schmooze a room i can't i can't talk to all these people uh all these strangers and and um glad hand and whatever yeah. like i don't know that's the part i, had I also by. like in the in the honesty of the movies the the first and the second movie you there's not a clear villain or bad guy as a like except for the the general that wants to nuke you know yeah. the freaking mosh the, I mean, the russians nova is the villain um, they're also the corporate greed of mm-hmm. nova but but there's not like the, even the general just wants to get home to his wife he wants to protect the world by you know, preventing this robot which is dangerous well, i mean he also just like Warmongers wants to. Is it Schroeder or Schroeder? Schroeder. Like Schroeder. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way beginning too. <laughs> but he also he can't wait to blow this guy up. He he wants to. It's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's telling himself like, oh, I just want to. You know, we're I'm protecting this nation. And this is what I do. But yeah, it was like kind of like I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, kind of like that. Like he was very. Um, they made sure Tuesday to paint his character prophecy. as one that's like he can't wait to. 
just blow shit up, you know, and like take stuff down. And mm-hmm. yes, it is his job, but he definitely revels in it. He's part of this kind of paramilitary security group within Nova. And then later on, the actual army shows up, which I thought was interesting. Like they have they have this this group of of Nova security with tons of soldiers and armored tars like and tanks. They do, they, but they're not wearing military uniforms. Um, they all say Nova on it. And then later on, the actual army shows up in the first movie. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I was never in the armed forces. I mean, maybe Lou can illuminate us. I mean, did uh, when you guys were called to to duty or anything like that, did your general or your commander go today, gentlemen, today? Like, um, I mean, yeah, you know, there's always like the sense of urgency for everything. Um, uh, and and definitely people that are. Uh, you know, like win or lose, it's your job to blow right. shit up. Like you're, and and there are definitely people that love that, and that's why they do it. Um, and Schroeder's definitely that guy. Like the the movie starts with, you know, we we see these. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool, like fun shot. We see these beautiful flowers, and they get crushed yes. by rolling treads of the of the military mm-hmm. machinery. Um, and it's they're testing out the Saint bots, the. Uh, Strategic artificially intelligent nuclear transports, yeah. um, which is what even yes. be- Johnny Five and the other four even bots before are. that, the beginning of the movie, the the opening title sequence, you see actual someone building a Johnny um, a number mm. five robot, uh, and it you know it's it's they're milling the machine, you know the the mechanical parts. You see the uh, uh, the circuit board being assembled. That opening title suite going so with the music, it's like doo, doo, yeah, doo, doo, it's kind of got this you know. Mark's mm-hmm. mother's ball Devo type digital soundtrack, which is really cool and brings you right into you know what you're talking about. And then they have this mechanical stamp sound and press down a label of yes. that shows Saint, you know, and 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 shows mm-hmm. you know uh, number five. But it also shows like the address of where we are. You know, it says you know the Nova yeah. La- uh, La- uh, Laboratories Incorporated Robotics Division, Damon Washington. And then it gives the zip code for some reason, like it's a postal office, you know, postal package. If it gets lost, just return it to this zip code. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it worked because Stephanie Speck did call the number and. <laughs> right. And can yeah. I speak to one of your main warlords, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're doing this. Uh, they're doing this test. Um, they have a whole bunch of other robots at this place that are serving drinks and like making you know they make a gin and tonic and they roll around serving canapes and and hors d'oeuvres and everything um and at some point uh johnny five is getting i I guess they're recharging him or getting ready to to bring them all back in and put them in storage and uh storm rolls in and he gets struck by lightning um so of course you know that uh uh is is it's the 80s so it's magical Um, (laughs) and he ends up getting like, at this point, I don't know if he's alive yet or self-aware yet, but he rolls himself either on purpose or accidentally onto a garbage (laughs) truck, which is leaving the base and sort of has like a mini adventure from there. A little alive, I think, because as soon as he's hit by lightning, he starts making like squeals and noises like, and, and 
things like mm. that. Like yeah. a baby, like testing yeah, out language. Yeah, because he did not make those noises. Before. Right, right. The negligence of Norman, one of the scientists who doesn't appropriately put Giant of Five away. He gets struck by lightning mm. out of the group of the robots and uh, in in becomes sentient. Uh, that's if it was that easy, you know, oh. to create life. <laughs> no, the. Uh, I, yeah. I like how in the opening sequence with the the flowers and the tank, you know, they have these massive lasers that are just blowing up everything. They're destroying all the tanks, mm-hmm. all the trucks. Why don't they just do the lasers? Like, why do we need to get the right. robots in there? But then we learn later on that one of the generals wants to drop a robot with a nuclear missile on it, which makes no sense to me. Why don't you just drop the nuclear missile? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Because so each of each of, they say this many times throughout the film that each of these saints costs eleven million dollars, and the idea is they yeah they 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 sneak them in somehow behind enemy lines. This gi- this huge huge clunky metal right. robot. They sneak it in, uh, and it just sort of chills while the while the front line battle is going on, and then at some point it just it pops out and it's like ha ha I fooled you. And I'm carrying a live <laughs> yeah, warhead. It's not exactly from a Trojan boom, boom. horse. No, it, it kind of sticks out. If it was yeah. just the laser, though, it would probably do damage on the battlefield. Those lasers, I don't think there's anything in existence in, in military use now, is there? Like, those are some intense lasers. Yeah. And also, I mean, it could take several hits. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know why this isn't like your frontline warrior, but maybe it's because it's too slow. Maybe the treads aren't versatile right. enough. We get the introduction of um, what Saint stands for. Dr. Marner, he says, is the strategic, artificially intelligent nuclear transport. So it's specifically designed mm-hmm. for nuclear transport. Um, but Dr. Marner, I mean, he's really he's he's a character that he, he's just so exhausted doing everything as the head of Nova. It's kind of funny. Um, you might remember him from Howard. Howard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Dr. Marner. You might remember him from the Muppet movie. I do. I remember from a lot This is Austin of, Pendleton. Pendleton. Yes. Talking, yeah. Yeah. He was in a, he was, I mean, he's been in a million stuff over the decades, but I he was also he was in uh there's a movie with Shelley Long called Hello Again. He was in that. In My Cousin Vinny. He was in My Cousin Vinny. He played this that stuttering nice. lawyer who couldn't get his words out, unfortunately. Um yeah, but he's great. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And Nova as a company, it's like something right out of a Kurt Vonnegut novel. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone's ever read Cat's Cradle, it's it's got this kind of uh, government contract um, feel to it with security guards where uh, scientists are playing God behind the scenes. And there's this overall theme of like, I don't know, of sci-fi in general. This movie touched upon it with comedy, of course, you know, that what happens when things go too far and scientists actually, you know, create something that they can't control. Um, this and this one, mm. for example, is life. Like, what happens if you create life and you can't control it? The hubris of science. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like that was at all the goal for um, for Newton Crosby for for his, uh, the goop. Um, like, he wasn't at all trying to create life. He wanted to uh, create these robots to like play music, and and we see him. Uh, teaching this like robotic hand how to play the piano. Yeah, he wants to. He, yeah, he um, wants his robots just to be fun little you know things that he wants to experiment with and and uh, yeah. In the the there's a lot of robots that they've designed for pretty mundane purchases around Nova Technologies. 
He confusingly also says at one point that the original model was designed to be a marital yeah, aid. As a joke. What, what does I that mean? Trying to, that, that was a just a joke. Because he hates to hobnob. Um, and he was just trying to like kind of okay. get their goat. Yeah, like just saying the things that are going to make them most uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, so I, okay. I think, yeah, this is sort of trying to be some type of, you know, pleasure device. If you could think of, put the put the thoughts in your own head of what that might have <laughs> been. But, but right. yeah, we have robot... Robot cocktail waitresses uh, in Nova Technology. There's robot coffee servers. There's like a robot, mm-hmm. like sweeping robots and stuff like that that are all around. Um, but yeah, there's there's just a lot of the the whole entire laboratory is just full of you know kind of that that cliche robot that does one job, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so number five escapes uh, and. Um, ends up on top of uh, this this shake sh- snacks. I'm sorry, snack shack yep. truck driven by Stephanie uh-huh. uh, Ali Sheedy's oh, character, yes. <laughs> and um, he finds this tracker on him that um, <laughs> that he you know he knows yes. that the the Nova Labs is tracking him, so he uh, rips it off and he, <laughs> and he yeah he tosses it into a passing truck. Um, which leads to a very that funny one-off hilarious. joke where uh, this old couple gets gets stopped by the military. Yeah. Um, and the and wife's the- like, I hope you took the weed out of the glove compartment. <laughs> Love that line. Yeah, they have a whole entire war room over at Nova where they're tracking everything. Apparently, this is Nova might be the center of command for for the entire um, num- uh, Saint program, robotics program. Mm-hmm. And they have this huge elaborate map with lasers yeah. coming and down. They have, like and... a little like insignia of the, of the robot, like flashing as it moves down the street and stuff. Yeah. And then they also like get into mm. its brain and like start reading like what it's reading. Cause they read uh, the Dr. Pepper sign. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper? Yeah. Dude? <laughs> they try to, yeah, they try to figure out why it's malfunctioning. <laughs> and we get the first idea that Johnny five is looking for input. Yes. He, uh, he's, he's got a, a Thirst for knowledge. Yes. He ends up on Stephanie's truck. And Stephanie's truck yep. is a like a breakfast food truck. I guess her her, her job yeah. is like she does like a little canteen truck. Yes, you never see her using it. It's basically the moment you see it, it's getting ripped to shreds and bounced all over the street and stuff. So we don't see her at work. We just know that her real passion is hoarding animals. Right. And yeah, on the side of the truck, it says grains, herbs, yogurt honey and fruit so those are the things she has that attracts people I to her truck realize that in the second movie spoiler alert when the um when um johnny five shows up with um granola bars and he's like oh no preservatives super healthy and all that yeah. i was thinking <laughs> man she used to sell sweets didn't she i guess she, she sold like healthy stuff she's like healthy. i didn't realize that but yeah super she was, i never gathered that yeah she's got that like that that crunchy oregon granola she vibe seems to it. crunchy but yeah i guess but it, i didn't get that from it wasn't like she was i don't know other than being an animal lover i didn't yeah she's got the that. heart heart your pets sticker on her truck that you can see as you're That's driving around <laughs> She hearts all the pets. Yeah, she's got a menagerie of and, animals. And in the second movie, uh, yeah, when uh, Johnny Five shows up, he has a um, like "Love Animals, Don't Eat Them" sticker yep. on him, yep. and um, yeah, and uh, I I think that Ali Sheedy might be like an animal activist in real life. Um, she played. She was in this movie called "Man's Best Friend." Which is absolutely <laughs> insane. It's about, <laughs> it's about this lab that genetically 
crossbreeds a dog with like a cheetah and uh, and like a like a chameleon and like a bunch of other like things. A, and like yeah, basically like this dog becomes the ultimate killing machine and she's in it. And I think she plays like an animal activist in that. Um, but it just it it like seems like um there there's there's another example i found i can't think of the the other movie now but um it just seems like too much of a coincidence like uh oh man there's another actor that does this a lot older gentleman mm-hmm. trying to think of his name he'll come to you later on he was in he was in babe babe the talk no no John, cromwell no um, Cromwell, Crom- that's Cromwell. Cromwell. That's who you're talking yeah about. It's who like it's not oliver but it's cromwell. <laughs> cromwell. james cromwell that's it James Cromwell, yeah, and in, in real life, he's he's a vegan, he's an animal activist, and like in a lot of his movies, like that comes through, and he plays those type of characters. Um, so anyway, I wonder if Ali Sheedy uh, is that in real life, and that's I why. Wanted, well, yeah, I don't know. just like uh, in War Games, where we reviewed with her, we reviewed the film before, where she really wanted to be a dancer <laughs> and uh, going to that mm-hmm. dance competition. <laughs> Did <do you>, sure. <laughs> Did you know she, uh, side note, she's a published, she was a published author at like age 12. Really? I did not know that. No. Yeah. She had like a book of poetry um, when she was 12. Ali Sheedy. Um, what can she not do? Ali Sheedy. So, yeah. So she meets Johnny Five. She, uh, she, he's like in her truck. Um, she kind of doesn't notice right <laughs> away, which is yeah. strange. Uh, but she, yeah, she she drives back to her house where she has a menagerie of all kinds of animals that she takes care of, um, including a three legged dog, which is kind of adorable, yeah. and, and like a raccoon and all sorts of. The dog's name is Beasley. Nonsense, yeah. Oh. Cats and ferrets. Dunks. I, I, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine how that house oh smells. Um, <laughs> of course, she has to have a cleaning lady. They don't exactly all have their own area either. They're just kind of everywhere. She <laughs> has. Mean? They're kind they're of everywhere. everywhere. They have no cages. They're just all over the place. No well, they're boxes. all over her That's kitchen too. too. Uh, so, like, know. like uh, uh, the the health department. If the health department ever ever visited her truck and inspected her <laughs> truck, See, as a young, like if this is where she's preparing food for as a kid, it's like, oh my gosh, how cool she has all these animals, and as an adult with pets that you're responsible for you're like oh that's you know she can't be taking care of those animals properly that's, that's negligent <laughs> that's negligent mm-hmm. honestly negligent. somebody really should call somebody <laughs> apparently she's making bank though honestly with yeah. that, that truck she's making a lot of money money so she can that's play big. she can play for the she cleaning lady yeah, yeah lives in the water mrs cepeda this the housekeeper's name he she can pay for her she can pay for her frank uh frank's lifestyle oh, you know, her her right. ex-boyfriend he buys her she bu- pays for his car yeah the camaro apparently he they lived together and yeah. he, she paid for everything. So she's. Oh, I thought he was mad. Cause like he, she owed him. money. No, no, no. She, she, she said that he she, tried to say that. And she was like, I owe you. I supported you. Yeah. And, you and know? you mean nice car uh, that I paid for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I don't know. That makes more sense. It's, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that uh, tracking the logic of this movie <laughs> is the, is a, um <laughs> a fruitful exercise yeah. but but yeah i think you guys are yeah, the logic the <laughs> frank, logic of stephanie speck's lifestyle the logic yeah is frank's it's... a jerk <laughs> frank's a jerk yeah he was mean he wants mm-hmm. to take he wanted to take the animal and Beasley take it to a testing place. to a medical medical testing facility to put the dog down of course the dog got away uh yeah it's very very awful 
yeah, he wanted to sell to the a dog medical testing to like facility to put the dog down. It's like that's, is that is that something you can do? Like, or is that yeah? But you can do it. Just you just sell general. a dog like, to a lab, even if well, I guess. I guess if labs are making, you know, co- combining dogs with chameleons and yeah, cheetahs uh, and they that really them, needs yeah. a three-legged dog. Right. In the same in the same breath, he's like, I really want to get back to you, <laughs> but here's a cage for going to take your dog back to a medical testing facility. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um and okay, so yeah, she uh So we find out she's so in is... Oregon. She's in Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Nova Labs is in Washington, according to the plate on Johnny Five. Um, but yeah, she is in Oregon, mm-hmm. and and uh, so he must have crossed the border at some point. Yeah. Um. This and this is, but this is where uh, we see Johnny Five. Like he needs input. He um he wants to uh, watch television. He wants to read all of her encyclopedias, which is basically like the eighties internet. Right. Um, and we get this, uh, this scene, and... this um, adorable scene of, of, uh, it's kind of like from ET where Elliot is showing ET around his room and telling him what the world is like. You know, we have, uh, we have Ali Sheedy's character, Jennifer, you know, kind of thinking that he's an alien thinking Stephanie. that Stephanie, I'm sorry, Stephanie's an, an alien and, uh, and, and showing, showing him what, what life is like on earth through everything in her apartment. And she finally makes it to the encyclopedia and, uh, mm-hmm. and shows in the encyclopedia. And we have this most amazing shot that they see twice. You actually see it here in this movie. And then again in short circuit Two, where he turns the pages really, really, really fast. He like flips the pages really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he jar- he jarbles his, his speech. Like he's reading it at the same time. Apparently he speaks when he reads uh, it, like, like a lot of people. <laughs> um, and then, uh, he he has it in the short circuit too with the Agatha Christie the novel. No, not the Agatha Christie, the uh, um, Sherlock Holmes novel, Hound of the Baskervilles. And he says, "I, I think yep. the uh, I, th- <laughs> I think the chauffeur did it." He said, "I was right." And then he did. I was or right. Whatever. And then, but yeah, he he has this huge thirst for knowledge. He goes through the entire encyclopedia um, and every mm-hmm. book in the house. He has a thirst for knowledge because when he finishes stuff, he'll go <sighs> like he took a big <laughs> sip of something refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> But he mm-hmm. he exhausts all the input in the house until he turns on the TV, and then uh, he starts getting some real input from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, basically he likes gets uh, he learns about the Three Stooges, he learns about gangster movies, um, he gets real education about the world, and I think I think this explains why. Uh, I liked Johnny Five so much as a kid because I like I love every every influence in my life was was encouraging me to read more and you know the power of reading uh, and here's this hero this robot that can read a book in five seconds and and you know he gets more um, his language his language gets more uh, robust and complex the more he reads and. And he's able to formulate more complex thoughts and express himself yeah. better. There's there's, um, this, there's this really earnest, lighthearted, you know, like like you said when you texted me about this, this movie is just a joy. It's just a delight. You know, it's 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 got a, like these moments in it which is like, yeah, knowledge is power. Knowledge makes you smarter. Knowledge uh, makes you be able to express yourself more. You know, of course, yeah. This is just you know, this is and it's and uh, it approaches a lot of those things like that. You know. Hmm. Uh, but he uh, tragedy strikes the 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 spec home when uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny Five is jumping around 
and he accidentally he's um they see a, a yeah. grasshopper and Stephanie is explaining to him what a grasshopper is and he's jumping uh, to emulate it and he accidentally jumps on it and crushes right. it. And, then he, he, and he thinks it's just disassembled. So he's like, reassemble, reassemble. And she's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's yeah. dead. You can't, once you disassemble a grasshopper, you can't reassemble it. Yeah. It's dead. It's like dead is forever. Mm-hmm. No disassemble. And then, yeah. and then Johnny Five immediately has an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. He goes into existential crisis mode. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, he, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, cause he also realizes that Nova, if they want to come, you know, they're going to want to disassemble him. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's like the start I... of the second act when he like, uh, has that existential crisis? Yeah. When he realizes like, his own mortality. Dead! And then he just kind of goes off and, <laughs> yeah, and takes off and then she has to try to chase him. He steals her truck. Remember? And he drives away in it. Well, there's that the whole entire moment that mm-hmm. everyone has it as a child yeah. where you learn oh, about death. You realize your own mortality. It's a real thing. And you realize thing. like whether a pet dies or a loved one dies. If we had the beans and the wherewithal, we'd probably steal a snack truck and, and take off too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So funny. Uh, so Stephanie calls Nova and she reports that their, um, their murder bot is missing. So, uh, so they start this, um, wild goose chase, which is kind of the rest of the movie. It's kind of just, you know, these guys, it's a Scooby-Doo kind of chase. Like these guys are arriving just in time in the van. They get there. Uh, they, 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 um, Ben and, and Newton talk to, Johnny Five, they don't believe Ali Sheedy. They don't believe Stephanie when she says that he's alive or that he thinks he's right, alive. He says, I mean, um, they think he's malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Johnny Five says, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not malfunctioning. Johnny, uh, um, mm-hmm. number five alive. So, you know, um, we keep saying Johnny Five, but he still hasn't called himself Johnny Five no. yet. He's calling himself number five. Yeah, that struck me too. I, I feel like the sequel is probably the one that I watched most as a kid because I always thought of this character as Johnny Five. Like that was... Um, in my mind, if you if you like were were to ask me what is the name of the character yeah. from from Short Circuit, I would tell you Johnny Five all the but he time. But give himself that. Name I didn't realize the very, it, the very last scene of it. It's yeah. literally right before the credits. It's crazy, um, which actually kind of leads to a <laughs> the the reason that he calls himself that is kind of because of the musical tie-in to this movie, uh, the music video <laughs> "Who's Johnny" by El oh, DeBarge. Yes. El DeBarge. Um, <laughs> why is why is this song associated with this movie? What is it about? Uh, like why why and why does he land on Johnny of all I, names? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, obviously the song was created prior to the movie being released, and because they mm-hmm. bring it into the movie as background diegetic song sound, uh, music, and then the second movie. They actually bring it as non-diegetic. It was part of the soundtrack. So, well, it's it's written for the right. movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's written for the movie, but but why? It does nothing to do with the yeah. movie. <laughs> like, it's a, it's yeah. a clever thing of the '80s where you want to write a movie soundtrack. You want to write a song for a movie. You know, Kenny Loggins did it. You know, Ray Parker did it with mm-hmm. Joe Ghostbusters. You know, this is this is a very common thing. Um, like the end of my science project, for example, we have that 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 wonderful '80s beat sound, um, but who is Johnny doesn't quite make sense as a song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like 
do you think that do you think that they told El Debarge that the robot's name is going to be Johnny, so we need you to write a song that involves the word Johnny or the name Johnny? Or do you think it's the other way around where he was like, I'm going to write this song called Who's Johnny? And that's that gave them the idea. Oh, yeah, the robot will want to name itself Johnny because it loves your song. Yeah, so maybe much. the producers. I know this oh. this movie is produced by PSO. I am reading it real quick. It says the song was written by the husband and wife team, Peter and Ina Wolf for a short circuit. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Eldebarge. It was his first single after leaving the family group. They were concerned that the song was too different from the usual work, work, but they encouraged to give it a shot because the film tie-in would bring positive publicity to his debut album. It ended up being his first and only number one hit on the U.S. and R&B charts as a solo artist. And uh, hmm. But he didn't, uh, he said he didn't even drag himself out of bed to write the song. He wore it lying in bed. <laughs> he woke up and was toying with the idea of a whole thing right there, chorus and all. Um, yeah. So, and it's a fun fact. Uh, the writer of the song also wrote Wang Chung's Everybody Have Fun Tonight in Starship's We Built This Okay. Song. Okay. Also very fun yes. songs. Absolutely. Aren't so. they also movie songs? Wasn't like We Built This City, wasn't that part of a movie soundtrack too? In, in movies. I don't know that it was a theme. This was literally a theme, the theme song for Short Circuit. But it's not about a robot or anything. No, it's not. Yeah. We, as we can clearly see from the music video. Okay. Sorry, I missed the best part here the, about the name. The movie's producers love this song so much they wrote a scene where number five adopted the name Johnny. They just love the song. They, they, yes, they like the song so much that they had him name himself Johnny. So in the chicken and the egg scenario, we, we know now who is Johnny. Johnny was first and then yes. Johnny five. Correct. The song was first. Okay. So they were, there's a version of this movie where it just ends with him being number five the whole time and not having a unique no. name. Correct. They wrote it in um, after getting the song and, and digging it so much. So there you go. That's so strange. Interesting. And huh. now it seems weird because I'm trying to not imagine it without him being like at the end, you know, I'm going to, you know, number five, stupid name. I want to have a name like Johnny, Johnny five. <laughs> yeah. And can we talk about the music video just for a moment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what the heck was happening in that music video? <laughs> this music video, it's it takes place in a yes. courtroom and it seems like the singer El DeBarge is on trial and the prosecutor is the one that wants to know who's Johnny. The and they have on the as evidence. She's, uh, she's denying that she knows who this Johnny is. Yep. Uh, her and the, and the cardboard cutout of Steve Boomer. <laughs> cut out of Steve Boomer. Don't they have at one point like a Johnny Five arm or something? Yeah. Like you see at the end. Well, Johnny Five yeah, shows, shows up, up and he starts playing pranks. <laughs> he like replaces the prosecutor's glasses with like, like, uh, uh, funny oh, nose glasses, and he replaces the um, the judge's gavel with an exploding <laughs> gavel. And in before the judge activates the exploding gavel, he calls the fire department so they'll show up just in time. Uh, and I don't it a bomb threat or something to the courtroom. Basic. <laughs> it's it's so strange, and I I can't. Ex- I, I don't even doesn't look to kill. Hello, he. Nova yeah. kills. He doesn't do that. <laughs> no disassemble. No disassemble. <laughs> Life is not a malfunction. What's right. Debarge on trial for? <laughs> for knowing who Johnny what? is. Or for pretending right. that Johnny is. Right. I don't know. Like, I don't know that dude. <laughs> for but pretending. I know him. You went out with him. 
That's a crime. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, well, the only yeah. crime that was committed was that music video. <laughs> <laughs> Another case um, of bitches be lying, okay? Um, so yeah, can you tell me, uh, can you tell me what the song is about, like, with or without context, the movie? Um, it, according to the lyrics, it looks like it's about, um, excuse me, um, it says, like, there she goes and she knows I'm dying when she says, who is Johnny? Like, it's sung from the perspective of someone named Johnny. And this woman is pretending she doesn't know who he is. Like, she just doesn't mm-hmm. even know me. But I know she knows. I know she knows me. Um, or we've had a relationship, but she's trying to act like she doesn't like me. That type of thing. That's what I'm gathering from the from the lyrics written down. That, like, she's just being funny. Or she's being coy, maybe. And coy. Or okay. Maybe she's playing hard to get from his perspective i don't know is the premise would make more sense if he was like someone was interrogating a person at a police office instead of like being on trial you know like yeah johnny had done something bad and and like but they have is is debarge johnny I mean, not in real life, but, but in the, just, I guess right? maybe, uh, <laughs> I think he's, he's, his character is supposed to be, but I guess maybe the name, like just the, I don't know, the, the syllables matched up. I don't know, but yeah, it's, uh, basically it's, it's the sitcom night court huh. as a music video. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> mm. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Cause by the end of the song, she smiled she smiled with some other guy and she um the one of the last lines is who's Johnny she said and turn the other way left me standing there so i don't know they she ends up leaving at the end <laughs> after pretending not to know who this guy is i mean i'd say just take a hint uh, like you know maybe <laughs> maybe move on don't take her to court mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what else happens in the first movie? A lot so of stuff happened in the first they, movie. Yeah, well, they, um, Scroder and his dudes show up once the Shake Shack finally crashes, and Newton and all them come, and they don't believe um, what she's saying. Like, oh yeah, he came and he trashed my house, and then he stole my car. And they're like, are you saying he drove a car? Yep. And she's gets all offended, like I, you know, I'm not stupid, you know, and calling me a liar, and and Steve Gutenberg is like. This is where they try to say that he can't talk to women. He's like, oh. Right, right. Humana, humana. <laughs> like, right. There's a female. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, uh, ben has a line like, with excitement like this, who is in needing enemas? Like it, when, when, the, when the, uh, the robot runs away. Yeah. And then, of course, they see Ali Sheedy and she, he's like, nice software or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that was, no, that was, that was uh, Johnny, that was Johnny Five. Johnny Five says, says that, that when, when he when sees he, her in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, he sees her in the bathroom when he comes back. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> But yeah, no, and uh, yeah, Ben's character is like, "Ooh, Newton, you need to like go get her," and you know, like basically kind of goading him on to try to you know get some digits or something. But right, mm-hmm. living vicariously through Newton in some way, which is interesting. But it's it, I don't know, it's it's pretty funny. And then when the Scroder and all those guys show up, they all have their ju- guns drawn. And she's saying, don't shoot him because he's alive. And Newton is saying, just don't shoot him because I can shut him down without having his valuable property, property, you know. Right. And And then he, uh, 
they he knew and was able to i guess push the button yeah on john five on number five uh-huh. the big red button yes the big red button <laughs> there's a big red shutdown see. button on number five and he goes into a like a like a, a low like, low power motor almost the same but apparently because he's alive he can still control his yeah, head would, yeah so that's why he was able to basically turn himself back on yeah in the back of the truck yeah. he he uses his eyebrows to drop a wrench onto the big red <laughs> button and turn himself back on yep and uh mm-hmm. and then because he's been all banged up from being shot at by by scroder yeah he reassembles himself like replaces his arm mm-hmm. and uh it puts himself back together and then poor ben and the inept uh security officer mm-hmm. you know gets scared when mm-hmm. and he forces them to pull over would threaten them with his laser and he takes the car. He steals the truck. Yep. And makes mm-hmm. his way back to Jennifer's. Yeah. Stephanie. Stephanie's. I can bring it Jennifer and Stephanie. Just There's two different characters from two different movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, during this, during that scene, when, uh, when Ben and the security guy from Nova um, are driving Johnny five, they're trying to drive him back to the lab. There's actually like a little bit of business that I appreciated in there where the driver is like this extra and he is telling this story to Ben about him and his wife, like going up to Mount Washington and like they get a flat tire and they get another flat tire. And then like, she's going around asking people for their flat tire, but like (laughs) she told them what happened to their car. So they don't want to give up. And it's like this whole elaborate story, but we never hear the resolution of it, but it's, it's clearly like like, something that guy could have been, it's like the actors improving and vamping in in the scene. I think so. It's, yeah, it's really it good. Off like, with that it actor could... talking about like a family surname named Hansel, and how everyone uh, came from Germany and East Europe, and they were all named Hansel. Mm-hmm. It's something random like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of perfect. Like because it's it's just this background dialogue that's happening while the action yeah. of Johnny Five putting himself back together yeah. is happening. So it doesn't matter, and it doesn't have to be anything. But the fact that he like told this consistent story um and it's edited together and like That's actually true. you don't get that at tell, a lot of and a lot tells of a complete movies, thing you don't you really know? get that or a lot such a, like thoughtless like banter in the back that doesn't mean anything but we're the type of people that pay attention to that type though like most people are just yeah. <laughs> really, really focused on the action of the scene johnny five is moving things around with his eyes and suddenly mm-hmm. his power is back on and repairs himself but that's what I'm saying is a lot of movies know that, that like most people aren't yeah. paying attention right. to this stuff. So they, they yada yada through it. But this guy was like, he yeah. committed. <laughs> right. He told this well, whole story. It's unbelievable that um, they missed everything. So he got the drop on him. So, so we, we, Johnny yep. five, uh, number five makes his way back to Jennifer's and Stephanie. Stephanie's. <laughs> Makes his way back to Stephanie's. <laughs> and uh, Ali Sheedy makes it back to Ali Sheedy, and she's in the bathtub. And uh, of course, he says, "Nice software." Yeah. He's like, "Ooh, very pretty lady." Like, ooh. Uh, yeah, and apparently he's, he's attractive. He says her name like he's like, "Ooh, Stephanie!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness gracious! It's and she gets sheepish, and uh, I did wonder, like, I mean, not as a kid, but when I was older, I was like, you know. They did some interesting things in 80s movies um, where, you know, people of different life forms maybe connected or there was implying that they might connect like Howard the Duck and and mm-hmm. Leia Thompson and uh, Mannequin one and two. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go there <laughs> with this. They just yeah. had a little like, you know, ooh, I see your well, later on, parts. Later on, after she kisses the goot, 
she uh she gives him a kiss on and the cheek it's right on the sensor <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh well i mean they do dance uh, after well, to uh saturday night right. fever there's a romantic scene um, in saturday night fever so they first they start with a nice disco dance and then it's a very tender loving dance <laughs> and then of course he's making breakfast in the morning does that imply that they slept together i mean his, his original design was marital aid that's that's what we know <laughs> yeah but no Maybe you, he didn't well, have to sleep with you know her. Why? He just like loner his arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> do you know why it was Saturday Night Fever? Because that, that's all they get the rights for? I have no idea. No. It's one of the directors of the oh. movies. Uh, do you know what's another one of his movies, Jason? No, what? You and I covered it on oh, the podcast. Oh, the Navigator. No. Nope. War, War Games. games. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's why Ali Sheedy yeah. showed up. That's right. PSO, the yep. production company who made this movie... The last movie they made was Fly the Navigator. That's the last oh. produced, produced movie under PSO. Yeah, they did a bunch of stuff, and, and then it ended with with Fly the Navigator. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, I like the I like the scene where uh, number one, two, three, and four come after Johnny, uh, and they're trying to capture him, and um, he's he basically like like outfoxes each of them and then does a bunch of re- like reprograms them um and gets them to all be uh, become like slapstick three stooges, three stooges yeah they turn into three stooges uh, eventually uh we get to see johnny five when not johnny five number five when stephanie's boyfriend frank comes back frank uh threatens uh number five with a gun he's gonna shoot him and take him back to nova and uh this guy's crazy he's pretty wild and, yeah. and uh, eventually number five realizes that, you know, he's going to take him back to Nova and be disassembled. And uh, number five goes outside and disassembles his Camaro in like five seconds. Yeah, it's awesome. In <laughs> five seconds. The entire Camaro is just in many, many, many pieces. It's just, it's insane. And then he parodies the TV. Uh, gangster flips a, a, a washer like it's a coin. Um. Mm-hmm. He does a bunch of a bunch of parodies. It does like some Stallone parody. There's so many, and I didn't even get so many of them as a very young kid, but I just knew they were funny, you know. And then as I got older, I don't know I if it's like see the actual person or find out who he was. Like it, you know. And he's like, uh, like uh, let me just think off the top of my head, like when he like gives Stephanie a hug and he's like, "Take heart, little lady, I'll fix their wagon." <laughs> and I remember quoting it, and then and my mom being like, "Do you?" You even know who that is? I'm like, yeah, it's Johnny Five, and she's like, that's um, John, John Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> it's like it's like the worst John Wayne impression, too. It's like it's like making fun of John Wayne. I love it. And I don't remember if it was this one or the second one where he's like, he does uh, some SNL characters, um, like Church Lady. Oh. He's like, it wasn't that special. Does he? I, he it uh, has to be in the second one. It'll probably did the it second one. It's probably the yeah, second I love, one. I love at the end of this film. You know, he brings back the Sylvester Stallone, the yo, as he's pointing as that's the last line of the entire movie and they drive away. The yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, that scene where the bot, the other bots are chasing him has my favorite line in the movie, um, which is when he's, uh, he's getting one over on one of the other saint bots. And he says, Hey, laser lips. Your mama was a yeah. snowblower. Snow yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they go to that um, the Black yeah. Lion Inn and and uh, uh, Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy's characters meet 
and they Ben uh, tries to convince him it's a date, it's a date. Yeah. But no, they're just trying to find out where Johnny Five is, where where number five is, and and uh, it comes out that you know Nova's there as well. Trick, tricked the goose up at the bar, and for some reason, like Newton doesn't notice them. They have a a, a waiter that is, is full cowboy outfit. Uh, with a with a with a like a cloth on his arm and everything, which is confusing. But he has a gun on his on his boot. It's like all, and you recognize it's mm-hmm. them. And then you got Schroeder like sitting up at the damn bar, like turning around. Like, oh. Yes, they, they had no idea that they were all there. And then of course the the uh, the number five escapes with with Ali Sheedy's character, and and uh, they uh, they take off, and and so the. Number five is dangerous. Like when he gets angry, he mm-hmm. can get dangerous. Like his eyes turn red. You yeah. know, he shoots that laser. Things come down. Like he it's can get dangerous. Like that. The, the the other scene when Frank was there, I was really worried that he was going to take Frank out. Instead, he does like the comical mm-hmm. Three Stooges thing. Goes whoop, 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 and like uh, shoots his belt buckle and his pants fall down. It's like the his heels off his boots. And it just melts them. Tripped me out by how he like can't walk. He's like ah ah. Like do they <laughs> do the heels on the boots like mess with your gait that like the like how you stand that much? And does if your belt buckle comes off doesn't necessarily mean your pants fall down. That just doesn't means movie. they're loose. <laughs> <laughs> does in this movie? That is the logic and science of pants. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they, they escape again. Um, they escape again. They run away. Um, and then number five leaves Stephanie and kidnaps the goot and, and Ben yep. kidnaps them and brings them to Stephanie. Um, cause they're going to have this powwow. They yes. want to, he, he wants them to sit down and actually talk about what he is and yeah. learn from each other. And they go to the desert. They go to the desert of Oregon. Apparently there's a <laughs> desert in Oregon that they go to. It's actually the backlot of like, I think universal or something like that. Like something paramount or one of the, one of the Hollywood backlots there that they use in all the movies, like Bill and Ted's excellent adventures. It's the movie that they go to when they go to the desert. It's in like all the star Trek movies. It's got that very, very memorable rock formation, but, but it's supposed to be Oregon desert <laughs> near the water. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. And under the stars, they're going to learn from each other and talk. And uh, the Goot has a a moment where he he talks to Johnny Five and probes him with all these questions. He basically Turing tests him, yeah. and he finally concludes that he's alive when he does a really really bad really, really bad joke. bad joke about a priest, a minister, and a rabbi. <laughs> um, I guess repeating the joke: a priest, minister, rabbi um, have a big pile of money, and yes. they all step into a circle and they say they're going to throw the money up in the air. Um, After they draw a circle on the ground. One of them says, whatever lands inside is what we'll give to charity. The next one says, oh, whatever lands outside, we'll give to charity. And then, of course, the rabbi is like, no, no, no. We'll throw the money up in the air, and whatever God wants, he'll keep. And then it's a really bad joke, and and Johnny Five just goes hysterical. He just yeah. laughs. And, of course, that's the reason why you can tell he's alive, because spontaneous, spontaneous, after, yeah, um, he, um, spontaneous, spontaneous emotional, emotional response. response. Yeah. response. Yeah. I don't even think the joke was that funny. And I think I messed up the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is not funny. And it's not because you messed up the punchline. I think he told it correctly. It's just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, you're, what you're saying in the punchline, but okay. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, again, I did not even know that either. I never got that. Yeah. All. And an AI right now mm-hmm. could probably do what, 
when yeah. number five is doing very convincingly. Like if you're chatting with a chat GPT bot, you know, building and constructing of jokes and thinking abstractly. Like at one point, the goot takes out a, a piece of map and pours some ketchup on it and just makes a Rorschach test out of it. And mm-hmm. he says, oh, look, a butterfly, uh, a maple leaf, uh, and, and, and points out what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then earlier in the movie, you know, he's associating the cloud Clouds, formations yeah. with different shapes. You know, look, bunny or whatever yeah, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a, a chat AI could do that as well. Like yeah. we're, we're in that, that, that cusp of technology where all these things are happening right now. All, I mean, whether they're sentient or not, you know, they can associate things quite accurately, but they don't have the voice of, of number five. <laughs> and that's the only that's the difference. only difference. Uh, and so they figure out that he's alive. They kiss. The Goot and Stephanie kiss, and, uh, and then they leave, and they're followed quickly or found out somehow by the real military who show up. They uh, So they have Nova security and the real military, and they're going to blow up number five. Number five hides in the back of the truck um, and decides to build a replica of himself. And mm-hmm. shoot the rec- rep. We don't know it's a replica at the time, no. of course. We just, we just, uh, we just see the truck get riddled, riddled with bullets, and, and this, this what looks like number five come out, drive, drive, uh, you know, as fast as it can away, get riddled with bullets, and then the tanks come out and blow it up and explode. It's very, very, very yeah. dramatic and Violent. tragic. Um, but the music is kind of like, like kind of lively. It's it's kind of like happy music, like a happy ending type mm-hmm. music. So. It's not it's not as sad as we want it to be. Um and eventually, of course, after Well, I don't want it to be I sad. Know, at all. After, after the after the the bad guys celebrate, um uh Stephanie and Norman are driving away in the van, Newton, excuse me, driving away in the van, and of course number five pops They're out. All out. They're all bummed out. Number five pops out. Yeah. And they and then uh they say, Oh, you're alive, of course. And then we learn that that uh new has got uh, a big plot of land at montana yeah. that his family uh owns <laughs> 40 acres he's got a huge <laughs> plot of montana and uh well what am i gonna do with all my animals she says oh, wait did you say 40 acres and then and then of course this is a this is where they all retreat to because um, they don't ask questions in montana they make it seem like they were just on the road like they had nowhere to go because like which would make sense because I would think that she could still be in a lot of trouble for harboring and aiding and abetting, you know, the theft of this piece of property and in Newton too, all this stuff like, yeah, the robot got destroyed, but then there's, I don't know. They made it seem like they have no home now and everything like that. But then she's like, Oh, I guess I can go back and get all my animals. Yeah. Like traveling along the Atlantic coast. Yeah, and then like, off, like on the road to who knows where, like how far do they actually travel from the Montana, from the, the black, what is it? The black uh, lion into the, the desert of Oregon. I don't, I don't know. And then, mm. and then back again. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. There, I think we get that we get Johnny, we get Johnny Five. He he decides to name himself Johnny Five after yeah. hearing the the Barge song, and uh, and then we get the yo, and mm-hmm. then roll credits and <laughs> and clips. Another clip ending. I like the, I like the eighties clip yeah. ending. Yeah, which I it had some clips that like weren't in the movie mm-hmm. too. I don't remember. The, yeah, uh, which yeah. is weird. 
All right. So we were just talking about short circuit, uh, and now we're going to talk about short circuit too. Um, short circuit. I think we mentioned this earlier already, but short circuit came out in 86 and a very quick turnaround time. They released short circuit two in 88. Um, so, you know, that means it did really well, but apparently not well enough to get Steve Gutenberg to come back or Ali Sheedy. <laughs> no, uh, they're no, both this is all, conspicuously this is just, missing. Right. And we got Ali Sheedy's voice. Yeah, that's all you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking before, is, is this because she was contractually obligated to be in the sequel? So they just put her voice in just to say that she was in, but she didn't really want to fully commit to it. That's a good question i was wondering if that was the case i mean otherwise what's the point of her voice right yeah because yeah it uh it seemed it seems like a way that maybe they could just like advertise ali oh yeah ali she's in it um technically mm-hmm. and they don't have technically. to be more specific than that <laughs> she signed on with pso for two movies and she had to contractually ob- have this contractual obligation to do a sequel and this fulfills that by doing just some adr and i wonder if there was a similar agreement with gutenberg and that's why like they couldn't get him to come do the music video, but they had the rights to his likeness so they could get a cardboard cutout. <laughs> so they gave the artwork, the big cardboard cutout. <laughs> <laughs> um, so instead of, uh, yeah, instead of Ali Sheedy, we get, um, uh, so this movie, it, it singularly focuses on Ben. He's, he's the only mm-hmm. like, well, besides Johnny five, of course, he's the only returning character uh, from the first movie and he's kind of the center of it. And did you guys notice they changed his last name? Yes, they did. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was his last name? It was kind of a, a bad, bad pun. It's like, like oh, I wrote it, it down. It's his first name in the first movie. The last name in the first movie was Jabatuya. Yeah, Jabatuya. Uh-huh. That was it. Really? Yeah, Jabatuya. I didn't even catch and, that. And they, they made the joke in the second movie that no one can pronounce his name really. Yep. Jav- Javeri. Javeri. And everyone says Jarvi. Javari, yeah. J- yeah. Jarvi, Javeri, yep. So um, not only that, but they changed his story because in the first movie, uh, there's like a little, it's, it's again, they're trying to like poke fun at foreigners, but um, right. somebody asks him, where are you from? And he says, Bakersfield. Uh, and then they're like, well, no, where are you from originally? And he's like, oh, oh, yes, uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, <laughs> originally. <laughs> that's right. So then in this movie, that's not true, right? Because uh-huh. he's a he seems to be a first-generation um, immigrant. American immigrant. Yeah, yeah, because he's studying to get his, um, his citizenship. Yeah. And I feel like they only changed it for that, like to have that plot point, so it would parallel Johnny Five's story, right? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, about and that. it was like the whole entire '80s was that coming to America uh, feel of of oh yeah, uh, celebrating the diversity of our of our country. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, literally with coming to America and like Moscow and the Hudson. Uh, not just the movies, but the Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just lots of stuff going on in the '80s because well, it's just very much. Super patriotic. Go America. Mm. America's number one. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the whole entire, the, the height of the Cold War before mm-hmm. it exploded. And and uh, yeah, the super patriotism. Yeah, please come to America so we can make fun of your silly accent yeah, and customs. Basically, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> the land of opportunity. Yes. You too can. You better be grateful. <laughs> can be a brilliant robotics engineer and, right. and, uh, and be made fun of on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Uh, I will say, though, we we kind of talked about this with Short Circuit 1, but again, Fisher Stevens, like, despite the problematic nature of it, the actor himself is giving, I would say, a professional performance. He's, like, really committed. Um, 
And he, you know, he's doing what was asked of him. This is not entirely true. I'm not trying to entirely absolve Fisher Stevens. He's also complicit. You know, he put on the brown face every day and did the accent. Um, No, but but they make him the romantic lead. And, you know, and and that's something to be said about at least Fisher Stevens trying to make an emotional connection to the role and trying to make a little chemistry um, between between him and and the girl. And then, of course, the buddy comedy that happens often with Michael McKeon and Fisher Stevens. Mm-hmm. You know, he does have great timing. Yeah. Um, you know, he, and chemistry. They have really good chemistry. And chemistry together. and the physicality and and uh, in and of course it it's. It, the character is written to be endearing. You know, it's not written to be um, like not just the butt of the jokes, but it's written to be like the, you, you really want to empathize with the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in, uh, as uh, uh, Ali Sheedy is not in this movie, but um, there is a love interest, Cynthia Gibb, uh, mm-hmm. who is um, Sandy, Sandy Pan- Panatoni, Sandy Benatoni, something like that. Sandy Panatoni. Yeah. Sandy she's, Panatoni. she's named after the Italian bread. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a B I realized. So when I was reading it, it's a B, not a P. So. Oh, Sandy Benatoni. Benatoni. Yes. Okay. But she's neither, neither an Ita- Italian. And to, to be honest, we have to talk about this. No one is actually American in this, <laughs> in this scenario that we're at right now. Because the we're, the the city location where it takes place is very very questionable. We we, uh, we assume yeah. it's a big city like New York, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a uh, it's actually in we are, we did a good job of hunting through the movie as we were watching it, trying to find little signs and things like that. Finally, Rochelle just looked it up. Yeah, we're, well, we're, we assumed it was probably somewhere in Canada, like Toronto. Toronto. I'm, yeah, I'm it certain that Toronto. it. Was, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. once we realized for sure it was, we started noticing certain. Um, uh, landmarks and stuff like from the opening to kids in the hall uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yep. And there's like a Toronto Dominion bank, yeah. like a TD bank. <laughs> so are you <laughs> saying you a lot of these like actors are also can, like, is Michael McKean Canadian or? No, but I would Canadian? say a lot of the extras and stuff probably. Are. Everyone. Yeah. They, they oh, do yeah. a good job of making it look like New York city. <laughs> so they have like the USA today, um, mailboxes everywhere, newspaper boxes everywhere. They have the old classic, uh, taxi cabs, New York taxi cabs. So you're saying the, the quote unquote citizens of New York city, the New Yorkers in this movie are actually yes, can- Canadians. <laughs> right. They're actually Canadian. Yeah. They, they all, they all say, you know, Hey, I'm walking here. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> in, you know, that type of thing. Instead of, Hey, I'm walking here. It's I'm walking here. Hey, eh? <laughs> uh, before That's we right. move on um uh, real quick bef- about fisher stevens mm-hmm. there's a an article from yahoo entertainment where he talked about um it was came out in 2021 that he deeply regrets his controversial short circuit role he said it haunts him um and when he auditioned it wasn't meant to be an indian character um hmm. he said that it was he was originally cast as a white dude and um he said after winning the role, the movie's creative team made the choice to change the ethnicity without changing the identity of the performer playing him. He at the time was a young actor, eager for his breakout role, and he didn't want to walk away. They rewrote it and said, can you play it? And he was like, yeah, I can do it. Let me learn. And he said he was 21 at the time, which blows my mind because wow. he looks older. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a man. Um, and he committed himself to learning about India. He visited there and worked with a dialect coach and also read multiple books about the country's history and culture. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry. He, he moved to India before doing short circuit too. Sorry. He did, but he studied it before the first movie as well. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to go as far as to say that that softens the blow. Like, you know, yeah, like at least. Sure. 
trying not to do cultural appropriation as a butt of a joke. He's trying to make it sincere. I feel like it comes across. Like he's like Ben Kingsley trying to do, you know, Gandhi. Gandhi. Yep. It's, you know what, it almost, uh, I don't know if this is dodgy or not, but it's almost um, Robert Downey Jr. uh, doing quote unquote (laughs) blackface in Tropic Thunder. Right, right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Without the layer of self-awareness though. It's still very exploitative, but you know what? I I'm, I feel a lot softer about it, at least towards Fisher Stevens himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's addressed it and he regrets it. And I think that counts yeah. for something. Yeah. And he hasn't made, you know, this role define him, which is good. You know, like mm-hmm. he, yes, he's done two movies with this role, um, but he's done so much other work aside from that and won Academy Awards, you know, for the documentary series that he's produced. And and he's he's super, super, super talented. And and he's not defined by unfortunately by by a poor choice of the casting director. Mm-hmm. I also I really like Cynthia Gibb in this movie. I, I don't know her from very many things. I know she was in fame, but um Yes. But I, I knew her from the TV yeah. adaptation of Gypsy in the Ooh. early 90s with Bette Midler. She played uh, Gypsy Rose, the you know daughter turned ah. performer. Mm-hmm. And she was great in that. I think she's yeah. great. I think she's really charming in this. Um, yeah. I, I actually, endearing. I was kind of relieved when I watched it because um, I assumed that both of them had Gutenberg and Sheedy um, just from like my memories as a kid because the two memory, the two movies kind of blend together in my mind. So it was kind of actually refreshing to see like new characters, new stories. Um, and I thought she was really like a, a breath of fresh air. Nothing against Ali Sheedy. She's also great. Yeah. But I I don't know. I thought uh, Cynthia Gibb was was really, really charming. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, uh, Michael McKeon. Who, uh, Love him. Just awesome. <laughs> nails it. He just mm-hmm. nails it. Not only is he funny, has great timing across from Johnny, like him and Johnny, like the two, when they have their scenes together, it's it's, it's just seamless. It's, it's, it's a hilarious scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they play yeah, off each other real well. They yeah, do, and he, it's neat to see them like form a relationship later when he finds them after getting all beat up and oh, he's I upset. Love the moment when you know throughout the movie he's he's always concerned about his silk shirt and how expensive it was, <laughs> yes. and then when Johnny Five is bleeding uh, battery fluid, he like rips the sleeve off so he can he can tie up his wound, and he's like he's like uh, Fred, your shirt. And he's like ah, don't worry about. It. <laughs> Does he call him Durf at that time? Does he call him Durf? Yeah, oh right, it, because his uh, he's like scrambled, are, are scr- and yeah. So he's like, oh, you know what is actually really clever about that? Prior to that, um, the Oscar character and his goons are talking to each other in Pig Latin to confuse mm-hmm. Johnny Five. So when right. he starts going haywire, it's like he's just learned this new concept of Pig Latin, and a lot of yeah. his gibberish that he's spouting is like coming out in Pig Latin because it's like a new input for him. Right. He's he's suddenly reverting to Pig Latin as the fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But yeah, the the, uh, the basic uh, setup that we're having in this movie is now um, Fred is a hustler on the street trying to sell fake Rolexes. Mm-hmm. And alongside him, um, Ben uh, sets up a little stand and is trying to sell toy robots, uh, toy Johnny Fives. And, uh, and uh, of course, unsuccessfully. Um, mm-hmm. and we get a whole like fake out opening sequence with like a mini Johnny five going through a department store. Right. Mini de- Yeah. In the department store, um, it gets loose. It gets loose from the stand, uh, and makes its way through a department store, um, upstairs to, um, a, a, a not a, was it a bank? No. 
Where does it go? Do, do we see the bank at first? I think, well, the bank is actually the, the very like, first scene. The, the It's the beginning. plane lands, all the cop cars yep. are surrounding it, and they, like, have oh, the yes. briefcase handcuffed to the guy's wrist, and they're really building yeah, up the mystery it. of what, you know, what's going on with this box. Yeah, it's very James Bond, you mm-hmm. know, like the the secret something handcuffed to some guy's wrist that's really super valuable. Um, turns out it's uh, some very precious stones, some diamonds or jewels. Yeah, it's like a gem uh, collection. Yeah, and we see Oscar, uh, you know, licking his lips in in uh, in anticipation of getting his hands on them or something. Um, but they, yeah, then of course they're sealed away in this, this big, huge safe deposit box bank vault with tons and tons of lasers guarding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys watch Better Call Saul? Of course. Uh, yes. I <laughs> I think it's fun that like Michael McKean's character in this movie is so the opposite of what he is in Better Call Saul, and that in Better Call Saul all of Saul's scheming like makes mm-hmm. him so mad. Um, and he's yes. playing so against Jason pointed that out <laughs> as well, that he was like a, uh, um, he's Bob Odenkirk's character. He's like Bob Odenkirk's mm-hmm. character. Jimmy. Slippin Jimmy. Slippy Jimmy here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Michael McKean, he's, he's, he's had a lot of schemes. He does a lot of things. Uh, he, he goes confidently to loan sharks. Um, <laughs> he knows the seedy underbelly of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And he knows when to grab an opportunity when it's in front of him. Cause, uh, right. When Sandy when Sandy Sandy ends up with the um, the, the rogue uh, mini Johnny Five, and she um, goes to find uh, Ben Ben out on the street because she realizes oh this is the guy that's selling them so maybe he knows like where they came from and uh, can we get a manufacturing deal with him um, and he's about to turn it down because he's like oh there's no way we could you know make produce that many before Christmas yeah. in the thousands. Um, and so Fred is the yeah, one that is something 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. Swoops in and is like, ah, with our current production line, we can't, but yes. we're going to, you know, buy a new building and we're going to hire some new workers and it's going to be fine. Um, yeah. And yeah, he gets, he, he's able to convince her, like, he wants to get money up front so he can do these things and he's unsuccessful. Um, but he's able to convince her to agree to the contract, mm-hmm. uh, with pay cash on delivery. So, yeah. so they get paid the check if they deliver by October. Yes. Um, and this is right before Christmas. So they, she has a deadline. Mm-hmm. Stephanie has a dead, not Stephanie. What's her name? Uh, Sandy. Her Sandy. 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 <laughs> Sandy. It's yeah. You kept calling, uh, Ali Sheedy's character, Stephanie too. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer and that's Stephanie. That's Stephanie. So he is Stephanie. This is or Sandy. she is Stephanie. Is Jennifer Sandy. is what you kept calling. Yes. Yeah. So this is Sandy. <laughs> no, I'm getting confused. Sandy. Yes. Yeah, Sandy. Right. Sandy. Pen- let's just call her Penitoni. <laughs> Sandy Penitoni. Sandy pastry. Sandy pasta. Sandy sweet cakes. Sandy, yeah. <laughs> that's what Penitoni is. A sweet cake. Uh, sweet. She's we'll adorable. She's very sweet. Um, and, so yeah, she gets. Yes. So they they make this deal to go ahead and make the robots, and uh, suddenly uh, Ben and Fred are in bed together. You know, in this in this uh, agreement to uh, to develop and and construct you know forty thousand of these things, and they don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, but they buy a, an abandoned building um, that it ben just goes, uh, so Fred goes happens. To a loan shark. It just so happens is uh, right above the this tunnel. Um, that these two characters are tunneling through to get into the bank vault uh, in order to steal these gems that have just been lo- tr- entrusted. Um, and right, yeah. two bumbling goons. One of them apparently used to be a computer hacker or a computer mm-hmm. uh, software engineer, and he he says he had a, a bank scheme with computer software, very remnant of Superman Four. 
uh, you know, in, in collecting the the remnant cents of a bank account. But he talks about you know that that bank scheme that bank scheme previously and how it failed. Uh, and they they have this new plan of of drilling underground from the abandoned uh, manufacturing warehouse building, whatever they're in, across the way to the bank mm-hmm. to uh, to get into the vault and get the the diamonds. Uh, but they hear the production of the mini Johnny Fives going on, and they realize, oh, we got to do something about this because they're gonna they're gonna get wise to us. So, um, so they put on <laughs> some uh, ski masks and they come in and they bust up the place. I believe there were. I felt like we were getting deja vu because I felt like there were at least three scenes where they came in with like crowbars and ski masks to like. Yep wreck stuff they do it three times they do it for the first time when they have all the homeless people that they've hired yep, as that's right as their workers and they destroy the place and everyone flees and they don't have any workers anymore mm-hmm. they do it another time when johnny five is there and, then they, and they, do, they do it a third time when johnny five is prepared yeah. no johnny five is prepared that's does the right. home alone sequence so yes. yeah and then of course they're they're all there when they kidnap them so technically a fourth time and every time there. fred just assumes it's the loan shark guys because mm-hmm. he'd be like no no they said i had 30 days and yeah yeah, because Fred Fred got his money from a loan shark to get all the to, to get the place uh, in the middle of Midtown, you know, right across the street from the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, another another like important seed that they plant early in the film is uh, this commercial that plays on TV that um, uh, Johnny Five sees for like a Radio Shack, and it's Manic Mike's. Um, he's yes. like, I'm I'm in a panic. I'm frantic, and I'm positively manic. My prices are insane. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that's that grew up in the 80s in the northeast you knew about crazy eddie mm-hmm. uh, and the electronic superstores that exploded um in, in the country and and yeah they had all these these amazing uh um commercials to entice people mm-hmm. to come in and they uh robocop has a couple of them as well yeah and i don't think it's even just in the northeast i grew up in florida and i remember seeing that it's just a common trope that you would see like in the eighties and like, you got to get down here. I've lost my mind. <laughs> Everything's on sale and come down here before I, you know, my, get my wits back. Right. Or it's like the eighties, uh, but the Russians are coming and the bombs are going to be dropped. So break down here fast. Man, the wild, wild well, west of broadcasting. The go, go eighties, you know, Yeah, mm-hmm. and fueled by cocaine, fueled by cocaine, <laughs> cocaine and paranoia of nuclear annihilation. Yep. <laughs> Go-go 80s as in anything go-goes. They should have been afraid of the robots. That's what they should have been afraid of. I think we I think we were afraid of robots in the 80s. Um, but I think Thank you, James Cameron. Yeah, I think yeah. there there's well, there it, it what's actually interesting is how the various reactions that people have to Johnny Five, like when he's just sort of casually going around the city on his own. Um, so the the way he gets to the big city is uh, ben writes a letter to um, Stephanie and 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 Newton uh, back in Montana and tells them of his woes and tells them that, you know, he's got this contract, but he doesn't know how he's going to ever, like, ful- fulfill the quota. And so they decide to send Johnny Five in a box in a huge crate uh, to him to basically be his production line. Um, I wonder if, like, in real life, like, not in real life, but in, like, they're like, oh, sorry, we can't come help, but we sent Johnny Five, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he was, like, driving them crazy in Montana. Like, just get this uh, thing Get this thing. Yeah. Really wants input. Get it out of our hair, you know. Yeah, like, have some alone time with our 12 million animals in our, in, on our 40 acres. Yeah, like, maybe maybe they're, like, trying to start a family or something, and, like, yeah. Johnny Five's yeah. always around. And- yeah, they're like, dude, 
just maybe it came really uncomfortable. Maybe like he was really, maybe really so. in love with Stephanie. He's getting those kind that of looks from the city folk, which did surprise me. And we can talk about that in a second. Like, you know, maybe I don't know where they were in Matana, but they're like, you know what? You can't just get crazy out here, you know? Like, we don't take you know, kindly to robots yeah, exactly. out here. So this is, I mean, this is another plot point from the first movie that I feel like they just, like, like Ben's family history, I feel like they just drop it for convenience sake. Uh, at the end of the, they faked Johnny Five's death at the end of the first movie so that um, he could escape and like, and then they moved to Montana without telling anybody that he's still alive, right? So Correct. they have taken this $11 million piece of equipment uh, from, <laughs> from Nova Laboratories that uh, Nova yes. has, of course, written off as a loss because they thought it was blown up. But they then they send it, they ship it in a crate to a big yes. city. <laughs> and yeah. it ends up just driving around all over the place on its own. I guarantee people took pictures of it. Um, Lewis, mm -hmm. this is a different time. You can ship anything everywhere. That's no one true. asks a question. Right, right, right. That's but at the point true. where people are taking photos and seeing this this robot, you know, go around this allegedly New York City, don't you think like that's going to come back to Nova Labs? Right, like they're going to find think. out about that. Yeah, I mean, well, it was uh, before the internet. Initially, but... initially mm -hmm. they did. They did. Uh, Stephanie did put in the letter, you know, make sure he stays inside, yeah. make sure he stays away from him. Oh. You know how he is about yeah. input. And they were covering up the windows, and he didn't know. I don't know why he wouldn't want to go out, go outside it. regardless. But it, once he, like, but they tried to make it like this. accidentally said something about city, and he was like, Right, in a city, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's when he goes outside, and he's like, It's like Montana, only vertical. The, yeah, I thought he thought that building was like in a void or something like that. Obviously there's outside, but yeah. Well, that in that case, Stephanie and Newton should have drilled it into Johnny Five's head that like, you can't expose yourself uh, and you, you can't, you can't get ever got it all this in well, trouble. It, it doesn't I mean, end up a, mattering, but it, it, does, no. it doesn't matter. It's just a poor decision on their part that you shouldn't ship a sentient robot across the country to, to just to help a friend. Like, not if it's not supposed a to be idea. a secret. No, not if it's no, a secret definitely. robot. Exactly. But but uh, Johnny number five comes out and he's still known as number five to Ben because he mm -hmm. hasn't revealed that he's taken the name Johnny five. We learned at the end of the last movie. Yeah, that's one of his out, like malapropisms is that he constantly calls him number Johnny five. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, Johnny five explains that and Ben notices that he's changed a few things. He doesn't have his laser anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we love. We uh, stand. doesn't kill. Mm -hmm. Um. What else did he do? I mean, he changed his name. He's got the Don't Eat Animals sticker. Yes. Love yes. Animals, Don't, don't Eat Them. Animals sticker. Yep. <laughs> and, a rainbow uh, yeah, sticker. A couple other props that show up. He think, he think he changed the uh, the laser to an umbrella. An umbrella and a hang glider. <laughs> and a hang glider. <laughs> Yes. Um, it, Which, turns, it opens up and closes like a storage compartment, like a lunchbox. And both of those uh, things are are individually too big to fit in that toolbox, <laughs> let alone right. both of them. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and one well, of also, yeah, we, go ahead. we we learn as well, as well. He's been upgraded with some type with a welder. He has like a uh -huh. welder built in. Later on, we find out. Uh, <laughs> and I noticed this second time watching his antenna, where he can control things like the TV from the first movie, is different on his head. Mm. You know, it's changed shape a little bit. Now it's this tiny little, uh, tiny little uh, um, satellite dish that turns back and forth, and makes a digital sound. And they use this trope throughout the entire movie of him controlling things, mm. controlling like different uh, mechanical things. Upgrade. So when 
when Johnny Five shows up and Fred's like, oh my gosh, it's a big one of your robots. And, um, you know, uh, Ben explains like, yes, he'll be able to help us, you know, do this much more quickly. And he makes it, you realize that Ben is making sure he isn't going to reveal that Johnny Five is actually alive. And there's several times that it comes up in later in the movie where Ben's making sure he doesn't tell him that key piece of information, but he's like, he can't go outside. Mm -hmm. You you can't lose him. Oh, you lost him. And then when he gets returned, you know, he's very, he's just saying, he just stresses that he's very expensive and you know, all that stuff. He's very special. Um, And I'm assuming it's because he doesn't trust Fred rightfully. So, and Mm -hmm. Fred does in fact, try to sell him later (laughs) in the movie, but I'm wondering if like, you know, I mean, I, maybe he just didn't want us to be seen as crazy, but it's like, I would think if you could show or convince Fred that this is something that is alive, that would actually make him more empathetic and not want to just sell him like a piece of equipment like he ends up doing because he doesn't, you know, he, it's only when he starts to see him as something living, like when he sees him after he's gotten a crap, he's, you know, quote unquote, bleeding the battery fluid and, you know, he's cheering up because he sees that his, he doesn't see a robot that's been, you know, uh, ripped apart. He sees like a friend who's yeah. been badly beaten. Yeah. Johnny's always presented as, as a machine, a tool to help them mm-hmm. get to where they need to. I mean, I guess it's a plot device, but you know, that, that secret that he has to keep, but I mean, realistically it would, I would think it would make more sense if he could convince Fred like, Hey, this is not just a very expensive $11 million robot. There's something else about it. Mm-hmm. There's that scene that happens later on uh, where Johnny's building the robot and he built one in a short, really quick time. Uh, and they learn that, yes, he's going to get this done, help them. They're going to be done to meet their deadline. No mm-hmm. problem. And then, so Johnny's building things and he, and he uh, takes a break and, and irons out Fred's silk shirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first scene that we have the Fred's silk shirt and he's ordering uh, Johnny five around mm-hmm. and, Johnny Five makes a comment about him being a slave. Yeah, yeah. me not slave, but yeah, <laughs> and and uh, of course this is we don't we don't ever consider using robots and treating them like slaves, and this mm-hmm. is very much a family movie. But but yeah, they're definitely uh, they're definitely going there with some of these themes. You know, they've you know, the consideration of of something that's alive and something that's sentient, something that's a person. You know, true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's um, he's always he's always presented with like this childlike quality and this childlike innocence and whatever. But, but if, if, um, if Benny is not if Benny, if Ben is not going to, is not going to tell him, you know, Hey, this is a living thing. This is a quote unquote person. And that's how we should be treating him. At least don't leave this guy alone with it. <laughs> right. You know, don't give him the opportunity. How would you know from the what you know of Fred? I mean, I'm surprised it took him as long as it did to try to go and sell it, mm-hmm. you know, and or, or break him up for parts or whatever, you know. So can we talk about that scene where he takes it where and he tries, tries to, to sell, sell him? Yeah, because it has yeah. one of the craziest lines in the movie. <laughs> Crazy line. So so he he convinces him. What does he convince him? What was the reasoning why he takes him up there? Uh, uh, input. He said like there's we're, I think he said we're going to go to the bookstore or the library. Um, there's tons of input there. So he like pretty much like tricks him. When Johnny Five does, he realizes that he's in a city. There's so much input. Um, so he decides to fly the coop and go sightseeing. Um, yeah, so he, he he breaks out. He escapes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he makes his way through the city, first 
to wait, what does he do first? He he um he does a couple of things. So does he go to the bookstore before he gets all painted up? All- no, I think the bookstore happens later because later, like later he goes, he gets like Frankenstein and Pinocchio from the bookstore and it makes him really sad. And that's when he ends um, up in jail. Yeah. So I think okay. th- this is earlier. There's um, the first time he gets away when he realizes he's in the big city and Fr- Fred's like, oh, no, there's nothing out there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go sightseeing and I'm not going to make any more toys. I got to go. Mm-hmm. So he leaves and he find he goes on his own and he um that's where he runs into the gang who convinces him of young kids with a lot of chains yeah you wait what what jacket vests what gang Rochelle are you talking about the department of car stereo repair yes Those that honest one. yes children who were just employees <laughs> from the department of <laughs> car stereo repair they want them to fix they want them to repair all those cars and they don't have time to be with their families and little babies. <laughs> uh, and what is the name of this gang? Uh, the actual Los name Locos. of Los Locos. <laughs> Los Locos. Los Locos. And yeah, we get the introduction to Los Locos. Lou, do you want to sing the song? Oh, absolutely. Los Locos kick your ass. Los Locos kick your face. Los Locos kick, Los your, locos balls kick your balls into, into outer, outer space. space. <laughs> Man, oh that is something gosh. that has lived rent-free in my head. Probably since I was honestly five years old. I think it yeah. did for all of us. Everyone. Honestly, it, everyone can can just it just takes you right back. And and uh, the uh, the very very uh, colorful and uh, uh, aggressively Latino. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Los Locos. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all dressed like the Lost Boys from Hook. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh Basically. my gosh. And uh, they like the Lost Boys mix with the Outsiders, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit. And then they turn around the quarter. They tell Johnny to go take these car stereos to help them out because they're going to fix them up for the for their families for the uh, for the the owners of the cars. Yeah. And uh, and Johnny, um, they turn around and as soon as they come back, like where did he go? And uh, suddenly all the cars are just like all the alarms are going. All off. the alarms are going mm-hmm. off. Oh, and, and something interesting car stereos and he mm-hmm. pre- pretends to be crazy Eddie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, something interesting that happens here is that as soon as the, when Los Locos, when they first see Johnny five, uh, their reaction is it's a droid. And I just thought that yeah. was like specifically an interesting thing to call him rather than robot. The fact yeah. that they're like, it's yeah. a droid. They call out Star Wars right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I heard about these things. It's a droid. I thought a lot of the reactions, like when, when he is walking around and saying hi to people and, you know, coming up on people who are looking in a window and then they don't realize that this, you know, this robot's behind them. They turn around like people were like screaming, like, mm-hmm. ah! which I wouldn't have thought would be the case. I would think most people would be like, oh, fascinated. Cool. Like, Whoa, know? look at that thing. Yeah. You know, want to go check it out. It's a mixed bag. It's and I really, Frankenstein. I feel like a lot of this was just, they were in downtown Toronto, just like, um, remote controlling this robot around and just getting raw reactions from people because some people are scared. Some people, there's one lady that's like running to catch up with it and like get a better look at him. Um, then there's the guy who's like the card sharp uh, that gets really mad and he's like, who's controlling this thing? Get out of here. Step right in my game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he, uh, he bests the card shark on the street and which, which is a bit that comes back later on that he learns three card Monty. Mm-hmm. I think that um, any reactions where people are acting scared and horrified and all that were definitely planted mm-hmm. and meant to be part of it because when he 
ends up reading Pinocchio and then of course Frankenstein it connects with him where he's like oh that's that's me you know yeah, yeah. people see me as a monster as an abomination yes. they don't see me as exactly. another person like I want but them not to. Los Locos they accept him no, for what he is they do they and do they appreciate what he did and they 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 spray painted him up yeah um gave yeah. him some really cool flair give him a mohawk and, uh, the yeah. mohawks and do you have some chains too i can't remember yeah, he had, yeah he had, do you have a jean jacket i'm trying to remember he uh i don't know he had a lot of he was accessorized yeah, yeah. it looked like he came off of the set of break into like, <laughs> yeah. and then and then oscar um oscar is the guy that like we see him first working at the bank um yep. we don't know at this point yet that he's a bad guy but he seems to accept johnny five he seems to be friendly to him uh, yep. You know, we find out later that he's just using him, but it like it's it it really is a deep betrayal because I forgot that this guy is secretly a bad guy in the movie. Right. Um, so I found out when Johnny Five found out, and I and I was like, oh, that really hurts because he was so nice to him earlier. He gave yeah. him the sightseeing yeah. book, like you know, yeah. he really acted like a friend. Yeah, he comes in and tries to talk to 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 Fred and to Ben about you know finances and, and mm-hmm. bank stuff and the Chamber of Commerce and stuff like that and and uh, and for Fred's not having it's like no 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 we don't want any of that type of stuff and something there's some nothing's for free or something along those lines you know and and uh, he he has good intent good reason to not trust uh, Oscar he does but I but I'll say that Oscar's not laying it on too thick at this point he's not being like an obvious wink to the camera bad guy. Like he's still, right. no. he's still, he's underselling it, which is smart for him to do at this moment. Right. Um, and it's why he gets away with it for as long as he does. Um, yeah, and he does just basically just acts like he's getting to know them and doing a lot of active listening to yep. get the information he needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clever. Yep. And but they clean up, they clean up Johnny. He takes, he take off all of his spray paint and he gets back to work. Apparently Ben was able to just wipe it away. Yeah. Like, Come on, I'm gonna go get you cleaned up. And next thing you know, it's off. He's just like, maybe it was like one of the, the temporary paint you're supposed to put on little kids. Yeah. So they can, which any parent will tell you. That that does not come off. That does not come off. That they, is they'll, they'll be like, it was supposed to wash right off, and now my kid is purple for. Three I would have days. loved it if Johnny like comes back with like a tattoo, like a straight on full tattoo, Los Locos tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and we talked about when Fred tries to sell him, uh, the line that I was referring to, the, one of the craziest lines in the movie is he, um, like w- when, when he's making his pitch, trying to get them to give him money for the robot, uh, Johnny five realizes what's going on and starts, you know, saying like, no, I'm not for sale. I'm, you know, I'm a person. And this woman <laughs> goes, oh, that's all we need is a robot who's into equal rights. You know oh what, lady? My God, yeah, <laughs> lady. Or- robots deserve. <laughs> it is. I've said this many times before, it's like and I will a say it again. Moment. <laughs> it is yeah, the position really, of robots it's, versus it's dinosaurs. Totally right? a mascot moment. Yeah, go, robots go back deserve to rights. Meeting, lady, come on. Like, what the heck? That's so robots funny. deserve rights. Wow. Robots should deserve to be recognized as people if they are sentient. Uh, and I will, I will die on that hill. I don't know what type <laughs> of people they're employing at this bank, but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, or this this toy company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what company was this? Company I don't, yeah, I don't even know who he was selling company. it to. I'm they sure that the movie robotics. says it, but yeah. Yeah, it's a company <laughs> that knew about Nova. That's that's what it was. They knew yeah. who Ben was and they knew who uh it, Newton was. Even more reason that this should have come back to bite uh Newton and Stephanie in the ass, but whatever. It's <laughs> they don't the yeah. movie doesn't have time for that. It's uh moving along yeah. at a at a at a clip, so 
Right. Um, but, but Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> when he escapes prior to that scene, he goes over to a bookstore because he desperately wants to input mm-hmm. and, uh, and he destroys the bookstore. Yeah. Like trying to find as much information as possible. Like he like goes through as many books and ends up, as you said, taking those two books, Pinocchio, what was it? Frankenstein. And Frankenstein yeah. And, uh, and, and Fred finally catches up with him and takes him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and, the, up. and this is when bookstores were like an actual respected establishment and not, you know, just a monument to our uh, fallen society. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but this is, this is, at that point where he ends up in jail? Because uh, two I, non-distinct police officers discover him on the street. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Two, mm-hmm. two, they're, they're branded with just the big city police officer force or something on their badges. They're not actually New, New York police officers. I yeah, he, like, and that was where I mentioned, I'm like, I feel like I detect a Canadian accent there. Like, I was like, oh, okay, come um, on down to the station. He, try, he tries to get away. He, uh, you've had your fun now. He goes yeah, through basically. like a clothing rack and puts on a trench coat. Um, yep. And <laughs> like a child would. In and the then Peanuts cartoon. I just love the line reading on this when he's like walking, he's just like rolling around and like just waving at people. Like, and he's like, I am, uh, I am passerby man on the street. Average Joe. <laughs> Average Joe. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he gets arrested. They do. They take mug shots of him with the trench coat. Um, and they're and even when they're like taking the mud shots, they're like, "What? Did, why did you do that? It's a robot." And they're like, "You know, don't at me." Just... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is wait, no, with that, with we, don't take, they to like we don't know how to handle We don't handle Where are we going to put him? Well, we'll put him down in the basement with the with the uh, evidence and, and and whatnot, the unclaimed evidence. Yeah, is is there is is there? Am I misremembering? Is there a bit about like them trying to do fingerprints or like? Um, uh, there might was there a bit about him trying to do fingerprints? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Ben comes and he and he uh, you know he he makes he makes bail and he <laughs> busts him out of jail and uh, and that's when he sees like the books that um, Johnny Five read the the Frankenstein and Pinocchio and he like immediately pieces it together like oh yeah you're having an ex- existential crisis. Yeah, I'm not sure if he really thinks that he's alive at that point when he sees the books. No, but, but it leads it does lead to him. Um, Going around, and uh, I think it's actually during this whole montage when he's trying to escape, he goes into a church because there's a sign outside the church that says, looking for answers, Um, come inside. (laughs) And he comes in, he ends up going to, like, confession, and the priest gets mad because he's like, oh, you're you're somebody, again, like, assuming somebody's remote controlling this as a prank. he's like, you come in here and you confess yourself, you don't do it through remote control. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And yeah, at some point, a, a guy, I think like a delivery driver sees him and starts mocking him. He's like, oh, hey, Robbie, uh, you know, referring to Robbie the robot, the classic Robbie yes. the robot. sci-fi robot. He's like, you enjoying planet Earth? Take me to your leader. This is XL7 <laughs> over and out. Just absolutely oh, right. dragging yeah, and mocking this this robot. It right. doesn't deserve it. No. no, that's that. That is the day that Johnny finishes all the robots. Yeah, right. He should. Could, <laughs> he should be I, celebrating, honestly. and he is. Yes, just Robbie could never. So yeah, yeah. Whatever. Robbie had had half the personality and talent that Johnny Five had. Um, and then I have a question. Uh, so there's two points in this movie that I would that I would say one of these is the is the moment that this movie goes completely off the rails. Is it? Um, the Roxanne bit where uh, Ben is having a date with Sandy and um, Johnny Five is uh, manipulating a, bu- a, a billboard 
to yes. basically say like what he wants him to say? Um, yep. Or is it the moment where uh, Ben and Fred get tossed in a get locked in a freezer? And the only way that they can escape is by somehow tapping into the phone line and That's sending song tones of in Morse code to Sandy's answering machine, which the, she then has to take the whole answering machine and play the tones for a cab driver so they can both try to guess what the song is and extrapolate from that where this freezer is that they're which, located. Uh, which part is where the movie goes yeah. off the rails is that part right there. It's that one. Yeah. That is insanity. But the fact that they set up, they set up that bit far earlier in the movie with her obsession with with her music right her music. in the beginning where she's playing that up? little richard in her office well, yeah she's playing like her love oh. for yeah she has a big love and then of she's course so you're right when bed going on when bed and, and her go on their insane date of yeah. course she takes them after and just you know, like quizzes clean. him on like what music is oh which one is this? like oh don't tell me it's um bo diddly 1960. Oh, 65. Yes. That's oh, right. right. You got to hand it to these screenwriters. They, they yeah. laid the groundwork. <laughs> and just like he's studying for his citizenship, like within a day where they're going to have their second date, he's already studying uh, doo-wop history and knowledge yeah. theory, I guess. <laughs> doo-wop theory. And somehow, and somehow it comes up when uh, they're locked in the freezer and... They're trying to, they figure out where they are. That they're, ben, this is a Chinese restaurant. They hook up. Ben magically coffee. hooks up a, yeah. a calculator with a pen light. And a gu- piece of gum. And a piece of gum. <laughs> the wrapper of a piece of gum. And a calculator. Into to the phone line coming in. Yeah. And, and can dial. Like, oh, how do we call somebody? And he's like, oh, I don't know. How are we going to tell them? Oh, don't you know Morse code? And they're like, oh, well, this is all for nothing. And then all of a sudden. First, you start hearing this tune playing, and I can't even figure out Help where that came Rhonda. from. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't even know why the tune was even playing. And he's like, Oh, it's because I'm I'm studying. You know, Sandy loves this old music, and I'm I'm studying because I want to have things to talk about with her. And that's why they have the idea to start tapping out these tones in Morse code. Her answering machine. <laughs> yeah. So wait, well, well, that's their version of their mo- Morse code. Yeah, and it's like it's like street directions. It's like at one point they do Broadway, Broadway, yeah. uh, downtown, downtown, downtown um, uh, Dock of the six, Bay. Yeah, sixteen candles. Sixteen candles. Sixteenth Street. Mm-hmm. Then, Ronda is the worst one. That was. That's the first one. The that's first what. One. And she gets up. She falls asleep on her couch, all dressed up. Got stood up. Mm-hmm. Wakes up the next morning. And with just tape recorder in hand. Yeah. I just remember she falls asleep machine. with her guitar. So she really is like into yeah. music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They really. With a super, home. super helpful taxi driver. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets a really good role. Like the, the, we had a one day player come in and play this taxi driver. Yeah. You really do have to take a leap of faith. Cause if you got stood up by somebody and you woke up the next day and you check your answering machine mm-hmm. and they haven't called and all you hear is someone typing in on their you know, touch phone. Over and over. How many times did he know to do it before he's like, okay, now we're going to move on to the next song. Uh-huh. And type that out a few times. Right. Um, but she like, she's like, well, what is this? And starts to walk away. And then she's like, wait, Ben? And runs back. <laughs> and now it, she figured out he must be trying to send her a message. He's in trouble. Like, that's insanity. This it's is some crazy QAnon conspiracy 
theory stuff. That's, you know, it's like you're you're connecting some serious yeah to dots that are that are just not yeah. It's like the number twenty three. It's like yeah, leaps and bounds. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. People who like they see something like oh, there's signs everywhere. It's like no, the suspension of disbelief is yeah, it's stretched beyond beyond impossible. In this case, it worked out for this case. Where if it not, she would be insane. But it it just so happens that it's the one specific scenario where she's exactly right. Right, but they're they're locked into uh the duop uh duwa's chinese duwa's chinese food duwa diddy was the one they finished it how convenient that that's where they got locked up you know right right they're not opening until monday so they have to do this otherwise they die of of exposure in this freezer and of course we get that funny moment when she finally opens up the freezer but they're like arm yourself and (laughs) michael mckeon grabs that frozen chicken or duck (laughs) Duck, (laughs) it's awesome Uh, Uh, um, but then they're they're fine, you know. Hypothermia fine. hospital, no, they're fine. Yeah, they're yeah, fine. just a little like frost on his on his leather jacket, and everything's fine. Um, they have that one, yeah. They, oh, yeah, it's such a great, <laughs> great bit there. <laughs> uh, so during this time, they they locked up the uh, the people so they could corner Johnny Five and, uh, and have him drill. And yes, yeah, have him drill. Uh, he drills. has all the stuff he needs to drill through straight rock. Oscar <laughs> convinces <laughs> Johnny to dig to get to his secret. Uh, hiding space hiding space because that, people have been coming to beat up ben and 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 fred he wants to keep they need ben to be protected safe. yeah yeah and this and, is this is where the whole facade of like playing it cool drops and like yes. if if he had if he had kept it up like he did in the earlier scene um he he might have still been able to convince johnny five he might have still been able to get away with it but he gets too excited when he's like inches away from these jewels well, he does basically all the way to getting in the vault. He mm-hmm. gets to the vault, which is a steel door, and he mm-hmm. takes out his plasma cutter yeah. to him. <laughs> but then he goes in and he's like, oh, this is where you want to hide Ben? He goes, well, yeah, it's my safe. What would be safer than a safe? And you need to open up this box. And then he opens it up and I'm, and he recognizes these very famous diamonds somehow, Johnny Five knows well, what these he's are. He's watching TV. It's all yeah. over the news. Yeah, so yeah. Whatever collection. Yeah, he's simply <laughs> up to date on current events, and uh, and then immediately Oscar takes the diamonds and leaves. Yes, yeah. he leaves Johnny there in the vault, mm-hmm. yeah. holding the bag. As yeah. it were. Um, and then how does how does he get beat up? Like, what happens after this that leads to him getting like bleeding and and leaking motor oil? He's- Goes to chase after Oscar. His two goons, go, uh, the two goons, come and pick up Oscar, and he's like, "Just get in the car!" And he comes out yelling at them, and then they go to hit him with the car. Oh yeah! And then he chases them down, and that was when he they corners start, them, and that's when uh, they start to speak they pig, Latin, pig Latin, Latin. Mm-hmm. so they can come around from the other direction behind Johnny Five. And then they beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so which sad. was which a really good and and heart wrenching scene. It oh, it is them. yeah. It's hard to watch even it's now. Traumatic. It really is. We were watching it. And I'm like, wow, this really does hit. Like, no pun intended. It hits hard. Yeah, it's the, like those the, moments when you have your child, like the when the, the mother battery, dinosaur dies in Lambertor's side. Oh, yeah, like yeah. It's like it's it's, it's just traumatic. And he's screaming in pain. It's just like. And yeah, and then um, the way they do the blood, like the the the, mo- the motor oil or the battery acid, and they make it look like blood. They do a really good yeah. job with the production design because it like it almost it's almost graphic. Yeah. yeah. But they set up a plot er- point earlier that he replaced his main power supply with this new power supply mm. that has this kind of lith- is it like lithium ion blood or something mm. like that uh. and battery acid, and uh, and so um, 
this is like now like his backup supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, he can, it can last longer than before. But now that he's compromised, now that he's been, you know, uh, his battery's been, you know, damaged, you know, he's now just leaking battery fluid. Mm-hmm. And then you see him driving through the seat streets, you know, uh, not able to talk, um, just like limping along. He's in an alleyway, and that's where Fred finds him. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Fred finds him in an alleyway, yeah. He, he like finds him in in basically skid the gutter basically and and uh uh finally fred realizes the mistakes that he was doing you know he sees him all, all beat up he is and uh how much pain he's in mm-hmm. and what do they do they go to radio shack that's right and <laughs> two things here one um because this is robots versus dinosaurs we have to point this out uh this is obviously a largely robot movie but uh, the goons, when they do take the jewels, they hide them inside of plastic dinosaurs. Yes. Um, so yes, we have I to mention that. that. There is a dinosaur in the movie. We get the feature of the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't fit, obviously, into the plastic dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they try to force them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, they the just other... know that they're in dinosaurs in a bag and Oscar's now running with them like a football. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other thing is... Um, that this Johnny gets pissed when he finds out that they locked uh, Fred and Ben in a freezer. And he's like, oh, sure. Kidnap the humans. Destroy the machine. Oh, the machine. Yep. And yeah, he goes, that's what he sets him on the edge. Fred and he starts going cray. Yeah. But he, he, they, it's a cool like uh, montage scene where he's trying to fix himself. Where, where mm-hmm. Fred's helping him fix him. Yeah, he's sweating and he's trying to do the, the soldering and, yeah, and connect all very, the wires and yeah, finally gets connect the red wire to the blue wire. Yeah, right get, first he gets his mouth moving so he can talk. Mm-hmm. He goes, hello, Bozo. Hello. Sobo. Sobo. Oh, Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he calls him Durf because yes. his and circuits are all cute. scrambled. And uh, it finally gets a power, uh, a battery hooked up to him. Mm-hmm. Finds a steals a car battery and hooks it up to him so at least he has some power right now and 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 he says you can fix yourself right you can take care of it. he's like yes yes i can and then he goes all <laughs> he goes all rocky yeah and, uh, and yeah instead and, of preserving the little, pull, little power he has Rambo. left he wants Rambo. to use it just to get revenge and it's like yes yeah yes he's not working at 100 percent, but he's like screw that arguably yeah, this just... make this makes this decision makes him more human than anything else that's true <laughs> i I love how they use the electronics from Radio Shack to make him manic mics. Yeah, like manic mics uh, to make him look really, really menacing. Like they have like the frayed wires as his mohawk. Mm -hmm. You know, he puts on what looks like a bandolier, like a (laughs) ammo belt at one point. It's a cool look. If if there was if there was like a Johnny Five action figure, I would buy. I would want this variant, like a war bot. Yeah, it's like a war robot. He turns into the Terminator. yeah. 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 Um, I bet that there probably is a Johnny Five I could buy. I, I, I'd be shocked if they never made a toy out of this. Um, one of I, the uh, one of the people on TikTok that I follow, I'll, I'll drop the name here, Titan Ross, and he builds miniature animated Johnny Five oh, robots. Cool. He three D prints and mills all the machines and electronics and things like that. And there's an entire subculture of people that actually build screen accurate. Johnny Five, whether they're miniatures or life-size Johnny Fives, they actually have small mi- minor conventions as well. Oh, dope! And if you look at the internet, look for them. They're they're amazing. Yeah, send me the send me the link so I can put it in the show notes because that'll be that'll you be cool it. to the show. Um, yeah. Oh, we forgot to set something else up that happens earlier in the movie that comes back here uh, when Johnny is watching TV earlier in the in the film. Um, he's watching Tarzan, 
And that inspires him when uh, uh, Oscar is about to get away uh, with the jewels. He he like gets on a boat and he's and he's driving away. And um, Johnny Five uses a crane to basically swing himself like Tarzan and he lands, thank goodness, on the boat because who knows what all of that salt water, if he had landed in the water, which is a much bigger target, <laughs> who knows what that would have done to his circuitry. He's, um, he's, he's got the ability to calculate those those complex trajectories mm-hmm. of swing on on the magnetic uh, um, tether that he set up there. Uh, but yeah, but that's one yeah. of the things that we've established earlier in the, in the movie with with uh, the taxi cab, he has this this super powerful magnet that he can grab onto things and unhold things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, we see how powerful Johnny is. He hops into the sewers with Fred at one point mm-hmm. to try to tail. You know the bad guys are getting away in this in their car, and he's able to track the bad guys by looking at the the tire tracks and some weird spectral <laughs> analysis as well. Mm-hmm. He's got some serious tech now um that's that's super advanced it's almost on the verge of major sci-fi um he comes up underneath the cars at one point when they're at the at the docks oh and yeah lifts them up um above and turns them around mm-hmm. from underneath that's a manhole uh and they they get they sped in the wrong direction um but it finally comes in and they have an all-out melee battle uh in the gravel uh at the do- at the docks and uh johnny five wraps one of them up in uh chain link in the chain link fence mm-hmm. um i forget what happens to the other one uh and uh uh and then of course oscar takes off on on a boat he finds a skiff mm-hmm. and takes off i don't know where he's going right he's just fleeing off into the ocean well and also at this point like if johnny five just wanted to stop him and not not if he didn't if it wasn't personal he could just call he could just contact the coast guard or call the police or something and say like this guy is heading in this direction on a small boat you can easily catch him he has the jewels on him like but it had it's a personal vendetta so he needs to he needs to get him like himself how much does johnny five weigh <laughs> uh, they I'm say a couple lot. tons. So okay, because things like this, like he, I guess it's a powerful magnet, but he's able to swing himself from a crane like Tarzan. <laughs> um, he's able to push a car uh, using you know just leverage yeah. from standing on a ladder in a, a sewer drain. Uh, in the first movie, he's able to hop like a grasshopper by yeah. his own propulsion without using jets or anything. So, like, he can certainly be light and nimble when he would like to be. They're very generous. He with, with glides from a hang glider in this movie. Like, how much does he actually weigh? I think yeah, it's just whatever the, the scene needs. Movie as well. Yeah, parachute. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever the scene needs. It's whatever and, the scene uh, needs. Yeah, Johnny Five puts his life aside to catch Oscar, and that yeah. always confused me. Like, he could go find another battery and hook it up mm-hmm. and he's going to live and then just call the police, call the authorities. Yep. But no, he's like, my life be damned. I'm going to get this guy. Also, he just got out of the slammer. hasn't really had the best run-ins <laughs> with the police. So with a lot of people who have less than pleasurable experiences, he's probably like, well, they're not going to do anything, especially not for me. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's also his circuitry is all messed up. So he's a little, he's a little, uh, <laughs> little, confused that's say maybe that, that, that that's it i'm going with, Rochelle, yeah, with we, rochelle's theory johnny five is woke and he knows that uh he knows <laughs> exactly. that cops are not kind to minorities and he is definitely a minority <laughs> right so. John, johnny five is like f the police <laughs> a, a cab <laughs> pigs <laughs> Just, it's right now oh my goodness gracious uh oh, what man. were you gonna say Jason? no no i was just gonna say that as well yeah. he's he's a uh, 
he's, he's definitely a questioning authority. Um, but Johnny Five puts his own life aside mm-hmm. and he catches Oscar. Yep. And then we have the most traumatic moment <laughs> on the shore. Um, does someone want to go into how, how we can describe this? What's the best way we can describe this? He's, he's bleeding out. He's bleeding. Yep. Yeah. And he's fading fast, fading mm-hmm. fast. And uh, he says his goodbyes. He says goodbye, Benjamin, mm-hmm. and then and then just collapses in Benjamin's arms. And we have a, a almost like a very comical, uh, <laughs> comical exclamation by Benjamin. Where he looks right up into the camera, straight up in the air, and goes no. <laughs> and then well, he get, he takes the 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 defibrillator. From the EMTs, mm-hmm. yeah, it t- it threatens them and said, "Do not come near me. Don't says, touch me." He says, "What if you know your job is? Yes, what your job is good for. Or give me that. Yeah." And and uh, they so use take it upon himself to shock him back to life. They use the defibrillator to shock him back to life. Yeah, a few yeah. times. A few times. I'm not uh, an electrician going. or an EMT or a scientist, mm-hmm. but I don't think that would work. But okay, <laughs> I don't think it would either. No. But... Rochelle, you're trained in using, you know, the not on robots. Not but... on robots. <laughs> But but it doesn't provide constant power. It doesn't, no. But I mean, <laughs> he did become to life by getting struck by lightning. Sure, so sure. Good I point. <laughs> Excellent point. The only thing I can think of, but and I he, don't it, think that it, that shock is supposed to be equivalent to a lightning shock. At least I hope not. And then when his big red buttons pushed, he did have some animation in life to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's some something else happening i don't know yeah just to get him going a little bit you know uh but it turns out johnny five is indeed alive and is now gold plated yes Um, on his way to becoming an american citizen the first robotic citizen yes which is what we see we see that fred has has built uh, an entire company called j5 industries was it something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and and johnny is selling miniature johnny fives and and he's hobnobbing and talking on the phone on his huge portable cell phone yep and he's doing what he was always meant to do mm-hmm. now he's a big wig and he and sandy are rushing to get somewhere but we don't know where, don't know where. they're running late and then you see where they're headed and then they're going to the ceremony of ben and then uh getting sworn in with a bunch of other people taking their oath to be a citizen of the united states and, and we- then you see the camera pans to johnny five who yes is gold now mm-hmm. now gold yes mm-hmm. that's what everyone does when they become citizens they become gold yeah <laughs> yeah that makes him more valuable doesn't it so he was at 11 so he's even an even bigger target 11 million <laughs> now he's probably maybe 50 yeah, million now he's got rights well now he's <laughs> super popular super popular and and they they yeah they they make a special decree decreeing him as a citizen and having rights which i mean this is huge you know having a sentient uh robot have have not only citizenship rights but citizenship you know mm-hmm. it's 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 wild i can't believe that got through the supreme court um <laughs> i always thought it was funny though they're they're doing this in front of a this really non-distinct courthouse and the courthouse is actually in canada and these are all canadian extras <laughs> so it's a bunch of canadian extras doing yeah. doing an american Celebrating citizenship the american oh. citizenship of this robot sure. yeah um, I have one last thing I forgot to bring up. Uh, it's not, it's a minor thing, but um, when uh, Jason, you were talking about uh, his look when he's like, you know, after the Radio Shack, the Manic Mike scene, and he's like made a mohawk and he's, you know, made himself look more intimidating. Did you catch a like Clockwork Orange vibe from he had the like the one eyelash? 
Yeah. Or, yeah. Did yeah. you catch that? Yeah. He's gonna go, yeah. He's going to go perform catch. some ultra violence. What's yeah. well, like a, a, Alex, right? Alex from Clockwork yeah. Orange. Yeah. Yeah, the ultra go, violence. Find him at the milk bar at the end. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of the ultra violence. <laughs> um, awesome. So that's everything I have for Short Circuit 2. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we get into Lose Big 3? Well, this, I mean, the argument is which is a better movie. Oh, good question. Okay, let's do that. Which one's better? So I we were having a discussion earlier. I, I believe that Short Circuit 2 is a better movie just because it is funnier. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, yeah, it's, it's more, more action that kids enjoy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's definitely got some drama in there and there's multiple plots, multiple storylines. Like you have the whole entire bank heist going on at the same time of them building the robots to meet the demand Mm -hmm. and then the consequences of them merging together. So I like short circuit too, as a better movie. Rochelle. I just, I disagree. I believe that. Short Circuit 1 is better. Short short Circuit 2, I will say, when we were upon rewatch, I was like, it's better than I remembered Short Circuit 2. I remember, like, it was funnier than I recalled. I think I got a lot more jokes than I did when I was little. Um, I've seen the first, I had seen the first one many, many more times. um, But I had seen the second one a few times when I was younger. So upon that rewatch, I was like, okay, it it is better than I recall. However, the first one is still... Um, I feel like more of a complete movie. Um, mm. Yes, I know all of it's lo- a, a stretch. You know, I'm not saying one is more realistic than the other, but, you know, and I don't want to put it all on just one scene, but that it really gets my, grinds my gears, the uh, the phone tone. <laughs> I really, like, I get a very visceral annoyed feeling thinking about that scene even when we were talking about doing this podcast and and thinking i was going to be watching it again i'm like that is some stupid ass bullshit how, how much well, here's the thing. we're not going to have a suspend we're, we're not yeah. going to have a definitive definition however like- he does have michael mckeon i get all that but that doesn't balance out that plot device and the first one is it's got all it's it does have also good actors in it it's i'm not begrudging the second one for not having steve gutenberg and alex because i think they've made up for it in other ways um uh the first one is just I, like i feel more a little more earnest um and a little more it, it's more serious mm-hmm. in a way you know the second one yes is funnier but that doesn't mean it's over, on a whole the better movie partly because of those that some scenes like the one I just, you know, you're, you're definitely put onto that. It's setting the stage. It's an origin story of Johnny mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, if we look at other robot origin stories in, in, in what we're setting up, they're really leading into the comedy in the second one more mm-hmm. than the first one. They know what they've got in the second one and mm-hmm. they're, they're playing to their strengths. Yeah. Um, versus the first movie, they're just trying things out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can see why you like the first one, but yeah, I like I like that they they really come into their own in the second one. We don't know though until we get a short circuit three, until we complete the trilogy <laughs> of Johnny Five, yeah. and we see where this story goes. Does he make a um a does it like a Bride of Frankenstein scenario? Like, is there an, a like a female version of Johnny that's, Five? That's that's real? the logical next step, right, for the story is for them like for because the first one was him like realizing that he is alive the second one is about him like wanting to become a recognized person and recognized as a citizen so the third one is about you know him finding love or finding companionship like that would absolutely make sense so disney i think owns the rights to this movie was former uh, tristar and so 
maybe they they change it so that it's a family story and he wants to have children and he builds mm. you know an heir you know to to the Johnny Five estate you know and and uh, we get we get him uh, um, you know with a complex relationship of 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 father and 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 son or daughter you know father and child you know so and then we have like all the funny teenage scenes you know he he gets to tell the the robot how the world is that he's learned you mm-hmm. know and then uh through through the robot's eyes so I, I would love to see that movie and then the fourth one uh johnny five goes to space um goes to space johnny five goes to space it's gonna be a mashup between fast and the fury and johnny five <laughs> the yeah the uh the short and the furious um <laughs> the short and the, the short and the circuitous uh so i guess i'm i'm the tiebreaker on this uh because jason you like um short circuit two better and rochelle you like short circuit one better i i think i'm going to split the difference i i enjoy short circuit two better but i think objectively speaking the first one is a better movie um it definitely takes Very itself more seriously uh it's but but if i yeah like if i had to if i could only watch one of these i enjoyed the second one a lot more so um i'm not saying it's a better movie but it's the one i like the most it's the one i prefer it's all good it's fine yeah i'm not it's all good you know some people like pepsi some people like coke and some people would like to be a pepper too so (laughs) (laughs) nice nice nicely done uh awesome so are we ready to jump into lose big three Sure. All right. Um, so lose big three. Uh, oh yeah, Rochelle, you haven't been on the show when we've done lose big three. Um, no, I haven't. So I'm excited. Uh, so one of one of Jason and, and my friends from high school, Ryan Lawler, uh, does the theme song. So when you listen to the episode later, you're going to hear that. So Ryan, take it away. Lose big three. Just you and me with lose big three. Here we go. Great job, Ryan. As always, fantastic singing. Uh, really Ryan's well done. Going to like a vocal coach. He's he's like getting operatic with that almost. Just like, absolutely singing, singing from the diaphragm. Incredible, Rochelle. What'd you think of of Ryan's just beautiful operatic voice? Huh? We're we're, <laughs> we're gonna answer. we're gonna answer. pipe it in later. Oh. We're gonna edit the song. <laughs> I don't know, dog. It was a little pitchy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, take notes. Um, so thank you for singing us in. Now it's time for Lose Big Three. Number one, um, if Johnny Five, if so if they did make a sequel now, Johnny Five would have access to Wi-Fi and he'd have the entire internet at his fingertips. Would that make him unstoppable or would he be overloaded by too much input? I, I'm going to jump in here. I think it would make him overloaded and depressed. I agree. I think he'd become like a basement dweller and maybe addicted to porn, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's going to become like some type of insult on there, hating, <laughs> hating well, women? He'd be lamenting how he can't get chicks and... Uh, Oh. No, he will never find love. And everybody would just Hopefully assume Johnny Five is a username. This is the setup. This is the setup. Yeah, the screen I was talking about Johnny Five. Dot, like he accesses the internet. He, he hooks up to the <laughs> Wi-Fi and realizes how horrible the world is. Mm-hmm. And then he gets like really, really stuck in some QAnon conspiracy I mean, stuff. Whenever there's anybody who <laughs> Johnny Five is like, Q. As very idealistic and looking towards, you know, any kind of future movie, like, you know, it's like there always seems a time like with how the computer or with anything where it's like it becomes very nihilistic and, you know, what's the point of saving it or, you know, like 
Um, and I think that the discovery of the internet and everything would probably hasten that process. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, there, there's also the sequel aspect that he's going to have a competing force against him. Maybe there's another AI out there. Also, if the few friends or loved ones that he has, I mean, I'm sure at some point someone's going to pass away or something oh, bad yeah, is going to happen to them. Oh, and he, I don't be able he to reassemble to them. now. Dark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he realizes he's going to be here forever. Well, that's going to be the whole entire war game scenario, you know, where we think <laughs> someone passes away. And, and yeah, it did. I, I, I think it would be awesome if he was, it was like a Johnny five versus Terminator scenario. Okay. And there's another war machine that comes out and Johnny five has to save the world um, from annihilation. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, dialing into the internet changes everything. When you have access mm -hmm. to unlimited questionable information and now we have like chat GPT or whatever, you know, all these AI pro uh, AI programs on the internet that can create all this information and, and compete with Johnny fives, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, free association of clouds. Uh, he's going to, he's going to really have some competition. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a sad day for Johnny five. <laughs> um, Johnny five, Johnny five's already, already looking old. And that makes mm -hmm. me sad. Like if you look back at this movie and look at him as a robot, you know, he's already started to look antiquated, kind of like the way we look at uh, Robbie the Robot, you know, mm -hmm. like this old concept of a robot. You know, uh, Johnny Five was what I considered a robot more like, when I was growing up. More like Boomer Five. Um, <laughs> Lose Big Three, number two. Uh, in the first movie, um, in, in Short Circuit 1, uh, there's a moment um, where Steve Goomberg takes a... Uh, he's actually trying to prove that Johnny Five is not sentient. Uh, so he takes like some ketchup or something and he smear, he makes like a, a stain, a smear on a map and he Rorschach. folds it and then yeah. unfolds it to make like a Rorschach blot. And he says like, what is this? And Johnny Five looks at it and he's like a butterfly. Uh, what, what's the other guess? Um, maple leaf. Maple leaf. Uh. Um, is that the fact that he is able to extrapolate that it's either a maple leaf or a butterfly is that proof that he is actually sentient or is this an no. example of a robot getting thwarted by captcha? <laughs> yeah, this, this is, yeah, this is, this is not an example in my opinion of, of a robot with sentience. No, not in this day and age. I wouldn't, maybe in my, my childhood brain would have thought that, but not, mm. not these days, not when we have like the chat AI and, and, stuff and the ability like to create art now yeah. with mm -hmm. associated images as well. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like you, you can, you can, what, talk with a personality and what, stuff like that. Right. That it's stuff. it's the point where the point is that the ability to think abstractly and creatively, like the, I don't see a robot creating like Salvador Dali anytime soon. <laughs> and maybe eventually, yeah, it's going to happen. But mm -hmm. but like it, I don't think jo anything at Johnny Five isn't something that you can put a bunch of input into something and have them, you know, uh, with a bunch of advanced algorithms extrapolate a solution. You know, it's it's, it's 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 not beyond reason that our supercomputers and our AIs can do some of the things that he's doing right now. Mm. And they their voices, I mean, the voices of computers now do sound like Johnny Five. You can get like a TikTok mm -hmm. app that make you sound like anything. I uh, would uh, like if I if I had like a like a GPS in my car and I could set it to sound like Johnny Five, I absolutely would. Or if I could get like my Siri voice to be Johnny Five, I definitely would. It's such mm -hmm. a charming voice. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it, would it be charming if it told you bad news? Like if it was, if it was to like telling you that you had to like get up in the morning as an alarm clock. Like, it, I, feel like you would I feel like it would soften it. the blow. Yeah, it would make it. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it would make it easier I to digest. Wanna, 
I don't want a robot sounding like Johnny Five when I'm in a hospital or something like that. That's not what I All need. Right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, lose big three, number three. Um, why was lightning magical in the 80s? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. A I wonder question. that too, because it was responsible for a lot of things. Apparently. Yeah, we've seen it in uh, my science project. We've seen it in, yep. uh, yeah, so many. Back, so, Back to the future. Um, it's just a magical, magical element. <laughs> right Look, just, just when when something goes haywire, especially with technology, just say lightning. Mm-hmm. Just say lightning. I mean, it starts with with Frankenstein. You know, if you think about it, you know the the reason this is a Frankenstein story in in, in his heart. Uh, That's a good it's, point. It's Pygmalion. It's Frankenstein. It's Pinocchio. Um, but it starts with lightning. You know, lightning creates life. Uh, and thank you, Mary Shelley, for putting that into mm-hmm. our pop culture. All right. So Mary Shelley, it's Mary Shelley's fault. The eighties, the we can blame the eighties on Mary Shelley. Uh, is the takeaway. You heard it here first on robots versus dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is seeing, seeing that this is robots versus dinosaurs and this movie technically had both in them in it. Uh, which one is cooler? Rochelle, Jason, robots or dinosaurs, which one's cooler? Just in general or? In general, and you can use this movie as evidence to support your case if you'd like. I mean, I'd say robots, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'd say robots in this case. And then I, I think as as up to this point, I, I think I have like more fun and friendly, for the most part, the memories of, uh, you know, robots being super cool. Like dinosaurs can be a little more like scary and, mm. you know... I know there's always exceptions like robots aren't always controllable, but dinosaurs never were. Okay. Jason. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities of robots and that's what these movies are about. Like what they, what they can do and and how they can act and and can they achieve life? And, and, uh, and I mean, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. what is, what, what is the biggest dinosaur that you think Johnny five could take in a cage match or alternatively the, the highest number of velociraptors? Jesus. Johnny five is really indestructible Mm -hmm. at times. And he has a lot of weapons. Well, so we're talking, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, say it's Johnny five from the first movie with his laser. With his laser. Oh, well, he's unstoppable. Yeah, that might be an unfair advantage. Yeah. I mean, it takes out tanks. He could probably take down a T-Rex with that. (laughs) Probably take down numerous T-Rex with that. Yeah. All right. So Um, so just Johnny Five from the second movie. What's the biggest dinosaur you could take on? With a hang glider and umbrella. Okay, so... Uh, he's definitely wilier in the second movie. He could... He's got that magnet. I mean, he could... He could could maybe do a whole entire... Uh, Ice Planet Hoth, uh, snow speeder maneuver and trip up the ah, the T Rex and take it down and then and then I mean he wouldn't kill it because killing is wrong to Johnny Five. Yeah, but like he could take down he could take down something as big as a Brontosaurus using that strategy. Absolutely, that's really no, smart. He would use he would use his resources and intelligence and and probably probably lure the Brontosaurus over to a safe habitat with some some plants or something like yeah he's he's, he's smarter than that like, but killing is against his his nature you know he yeah but this not, is a cage match it's a fight to the death so <laughs> <laughs> two two creatures enter one one creature leaves yeah so, Rochelle what do you think a, I'm sorry repeat what he just said who's gonna win in a cage match between dinosaur and Johnny Five oh. Probably, mm, 
Probably Johnny Five if he has all his original equipment. Mm -hmm. Because he did remove his laser and some of his stuff to try to not be a killing machine. Although he did add some of it back. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the laser necessarily, but when he was getting after Oscar at the end. So I think he would be able to to rise to the occasion. I mean, it also just depends on what kind of dinosaur too, though. Like a T-Rex might be able to get the jump on him because it does outweigh him by probably several tons, I would imagine. Okay. One final bonus question. If we were to recast Short Circuit 1 and 2 with Danny DeVito and Whoopi Goldberg joining the cast, uh, who would we cast them as and how would it improve both of the films? I mean, the obvious choice would be Danny Danny DeVito DeVito as Johnny Five. I would say Danny DeVito as Ben would be fun. As Ben? But not... Not Indian. Yes, not Indian. <laughs> <But> not Indian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just because every every they'd have to adjust the camera for every shot. If he all right, if it was for the first movie, I would do Danny DeVito as Ben, and Whoopi Goldberg could be Ali Sheedy's part. Yep. And if it were for the second movie, I would say Danny DeVito could definitely be Fred, because oh, that yeah. just kind of reminds me of him as Frank and uh, yep. a little bit like. And, uh, a little shifty. Yeah, a little shifty. I think that's and, the right answer. Yeah. On the yeah. street. And then um, Whoopi in the second movie. I don't know. Change it up a little. Have her be Oscar, you know? Have her work at the bank Ooh. and be real sly. Okay. Okay. Go over, like, trying to just shoot the shit and really, but she's trying to get to those diamonds. Jason, any, know, maybe, any maybe. other notes? Uh, no, I mean, it, 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 there's not really a distinct role, I mean, other than Johnny Five. I think Danny DeVito's voice is so distinct for Johnny Five I, coming out. Coming out, and it, it would it'd still be kind of funny, you know, when he comes to life. He's got this really like harsh, like voice. Um, I agree, yeah. but we. I don't want to. I think he's. I think Danny DeVito's better as Fred or Ben because you want you want to see Danny DeVito standing next to Johnny Five. You know, you don't want to take him visually out of the movie uh because him standing next to johnny five being the same height as him and everything would be i think that, that there's a lot of comedy to be mind from that i can see danny devito being the taxi driver you know like helping oh her. yeah i can i can see um i can see whoopi goldberg maybe being the taxi driver even or or okay. or the police officer being danny devito and whoopi goldberg in short circuit two. Oh, okay i can uh, see that you know, mm-hmm. like a nice cameo uh, okay, you're coming with us, that type of thing. Um, and, uh, I mean, it will be, it will be a different movie. But, I mean, I, I, it's, 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 I, I love Danny DeVito and I don't want to kind of, and, and Whoopi Goldberg, I don't want to like, like put them in this movie in, in roles that they just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I hear you. Um, awesome. Well, thank you both again for being on the show. Uh, it was very fun talking about Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2. Uh, so, um, so this is, uh, for having us. yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. And, uh, uh, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, and as always, uh, how do we want to wrap this up? Uh, Johnny five is a li- life. No, wait, life is not a malfunction. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good Johnny five quote to the end of the end of the podcast is, uh, he says, uh, Johnny Five, uh, Johnny Five is no malfunction. Johnny Five is alive. Perfect. Okay. No, no that's, not it. that's not it. No. Fresh OJ, not from Concentrate. Nice. Jason, you wanted <laughs> to do another take? <laughs> when he cooked your breakfast. When he cooked your breakfast. Uh, no. Uh, 
Kind of a bad Ben quote. Just don't do it in the voice. <laughs> I was gonna say because I'll cut it out. As him, yeah, don't do it. Be bad. No, there's, there's just, just. I almost said one, and I was like, no, nah, don't do that. There's, uh, you are hitting the nail right between the eyes. Um, no. There's, well, the cat has dragged in a sight for sore eyes. We drink it. We. What does he say? I, I'm sporting a serious Woody right now. Is that what he says? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for listening. As always, rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This one is short and circuit and sweet. No, disassemble. I am passerby, man on the street, average Joe. Take heart, little lady. I'll fix their wagon. Yeah, well, the only crime that was committed was that music video. <laughs> humana, humana. Yo. There is something sinister happening in Stepford. Does he, though? Does he, though? It's a movie-ass movie. It's twisted. Murder, cover-up protocol, MCP. I <laughs> give the old nyuk nyuk. I think it's a delight. Now you're John Hammond. He's telling me to download a hoagie off the internet. But why would dinosaurs do this? That's an interesting question because humans do have five fingers. Awa is more powerful than Urai, you know? But it still all makes sense somehow. That's just crazy cool. We need people to write in with hate mail. Because they're tiny little eight people that don't know how to live in the world yet. Take that, you cocky bastard! Yeah, you go, robots. I gotta go, but Steve is strong, so everyone's gonna be okay. Godzilla just sent a telepathic message.